This episode and most episodes of A Beer With are recorded live in Diffuse Studios. You can get it spinning a tune. You can get it podcasting before noon. You can get it when you're feeling real tops. And you can get it at Friday knockoffs. Because a hard-earned thirst needs a big cold beer. And the best stubby cooler for that beer is A Beer With, the podcast stubby cooler. Get it on a live stream. You can get it while making a meme. You can get it when you're playing COD. And you can get it while listening to the pod. Because a hard earned thirst needs a big cold beer. And the best stubby cooler for that beer is a beer with the podcast stubby cooler. You can get it right in the baseline. You can get it chatting on FaceTime. You can get it talking about. Matter of fact, I've got one now. Because a hard-earned thirst needs a big cold beer. And the best stubby cooler for that beer is a beer with the podcast stubby cooler. Go to the website, abeerwith.com, for all your podcast needs, including the one place to find a beer with the podcast stubby cooler. Bang, we are back, guys. Welcome to the first episode of 2021. We did it. We made it through 2020. Congratulations to everyone out there. Um... Guys, a break. That's what it feels like. Wow. Um, it's so good to be back. Uh, I, I did miss this. As y- you guys all know, I love this podcasting thing. Uh, but we've been building the new recording studio. It's been taking up a lot of our time. Uh, and it's been actually really fun to see that space come together Um can't wait for everyone to come in and see that. We will still be hosting a fundraising style party uh, and hopefully we'll get that one sorted soon. Uh, obviously, we've just been a little bit busy. So I uh, can't wait for you guys to come into the studio. Um, you know, If you do want to support, if you do want to come in and use the studio, make sure you go to the website, go to all the socials and check it out. It's Diffuse Studios. So the website is www.diffusedstudios.com. Go to the website, check out everything there, uh, you know, and get into the contact form if you want to get in touch and do something with us. Just so you guys know, I'm not recording this one in the studio at the moment, and I actually forgot to bring my mics home. So we have taken a little step back. We've gone back in time to uh, to use my H4N Zoom recorder, which we used to use to record all of the podcasts uh, when they were just audio podcasts. So uh, apologies with the intro if the quality is a little lower than usual. Um, but you know, we, uh, I had to get this one out, uh, and I had to use this microphone. So hopefully it's not too bad for you guys, uh, listening in at home. So guys, this is the year 2021. This is the year we blow this thing up. I've loved all the support from everyone over the past two years. Uh, and you know, this community just keeps growing and getting bigger and bigger. But I think 2021 is the year where we really push this thing. Uh, we, we really get it to the rest of Australia and then you know, grow that to the rest of the world because there's so many great stories from all our Australian artists uh, and our Brisbane artists that I think we need to share, uh, get that word out there and really help other people to really make a move uh, in the music industry. So, so if you're out there listening, go like all the socials, the Facebook page, the Instagram page, the TikToks, uh, you know, it's all out there. Um, go to the website, 
maybe buy some of the merch and stuff like that. Support, uh, you know, tell a friend. That's a huge one. Uh, you know, telling friends about this thing is the best way for it to grow. Share it with others. Uh, I'd love for you to go and share this episode uh, with all your friends, all your followers. Put it on your Insta stories, uh, you know, and really get that word out there that we're really doing some great stuff here uh, with the Brisbane artists and the Brisbane music scene. So, I really would love your support this year. Let's really blow this thing up. I will hopefully be getting down to Sydney and Melbourne to do some interviews with some people down there in our industry. Uh, so stay tuned for those ones. Uh, but today we have Cam or Cameron on the show, known as MC Shawshock, uh, a legend in the Brisbane scene, a legend in the Australian scene, and an absolute legend in the breakbeat scene worldwide. So, uh, you know, we learned so much on this episode about Cam. Uh, he's also a yogi or a yoga instructor, so you might know him as Yogi Cam as well. Uh, but, you know, this episode is uh, one that I've wanted to do for a long time because I know that Cam has been around in, like I said, uh, all those scenes for quite a long time. Uh, and he's got so much, uh, you know, to talk about. So much in here that I didn't know about him. Uh, and I, you know, I can't wait for you guys to listen to this episode. So, you know, let's just run that music and get this episode underway. Hi, guys. Welcome back. This is another episode of A Beer With. I'm your host, Jai, and today on the episode, we have MC Shawshock. Now, MC Shawshock, who's also known as Yogi Cam, uh, is a MC, obviously, in Brisbane. Uh, he's been based all over Australia, uh, and he's travelled all over the world, uh, MCing for the likes of Kid Kenobi, uh, who is an amazing DJ from Australia, uh, and many other people around the world. So um, I think you're really going to love this one, guys. So in this episode, we talk about how Cam got started in the dance music industry. We talk about the 90s rave scene, which is absolutely fascinating to me. Uh, you know, we talk about his love for yoga, how we got into MCing. We talk about, you know, um, some, some awesome stories from, uh, you know, his travels and things that he's, that he's done. So, um, you know, there's some value in there and there's a lot of things you can learn from Cam uh, in this one. We also touch on his successful recovery and rehab from alcohol uh, and alcohol addiction, which is something I think is very important for people to hear. Um, you know, this there, there, this is the thing that's out there. It is something that I'm very conscious of, uh, and it is something, uh, you know, that there is a light at the end of the tunnel. Um, you know, it's not all doom and gloom. Uh, you can, you know, experience these things and come out the other end, uh, and Cam is just an, an amazing uh, example of that, um, you know, as a, as a person who has done that. So I hope you guys enjoy this episode. I know that I'm planning on doing another one with Cam soon because he is, uh, you know, there's so much we didn't cover in this one. Um, but yeah, I think you guys are really going to love this one. So sit back, crack a beer if you have one, and enjoy the episode. This is A Beer with MC Shawshock. All right. Yeah, cool, cool, man. Let's start this thing. All right. Cheers. Cheers, man. Um, <laughs> we're back, everyone. Uh, we've had a little break, and I'm super excited to be back here again podcasting uh, and with Cam, or MC Shawshock, as he's known. Um, I've wanted to do this for a while because we've – how did we meet? I was uh, trying to remember today. Look, I think my, um, my earliest memories would have been um, <clears throat> at the family. Yeah. 
pretty sure it was. Did you ever play at any of the addicts events like blah, blah, blah? Yeah, played at blah, blah, blah. Okay, so that might have been. That might have been because that was before uh, the whole the, the family thing when I was promoting there. And right. That. So, okay. So, yeah. yeah. So I probably met you there. But at that stage, I think I was a bit of a whirlwind in and out. So I yeah. wasn't much in the. Uh, social loop. It was like pretty much fly and do gig and leave. Um, yeah, because you weren't living here at the time. I was living in Sydney at that. Yeah. Time. Okay. Yeah. 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 So. Yeah. So did you play it with the blow? I know this is going back a long time. No, <laughs> we're talking no, no. ten it feels years. Like yesterday. It feels oh yeah, like, yeah. You know, do, where, yeah. Which yeah. ones did you play at? Do you remember? Was it? Like- yeah. So I played at the one <clears throat> down on uh, underneath Kangaroo Point. Yep. Okay. Yep. Um, I was, didn't. I wasn't there for that one. I was started there one at afterwards. Ah, uh, I don't know. That was barbecue um, breaks, wasn't it? Barbecue breaks. Yeah, barbecue that was, breaks. Yeah. Um, we had the one outside the cultural forecourt of South Bank. Uh, well, we, I, I did some gigs there, but I don't think that was it. Okay. Um, was there one that was. one was, in Cloudland? There was one over in the some, road from Cloudland. Yeah, in the. Underneath. Out, oh, okay. In this like old. Um, oh, I don't even know what the venue is. It's like next to that Rick's Bar thing. You know the outdoor kind of thing. There's, it's yeah. like the the club that or the bar front that's like next to that. Yeah, I recall playing in that one. Maybe we didn't meet at them then because I don't think I was only at. A, I only came in towards the end of it. So yeah, yeah, of the addicts, you know, like um, and the blah blah blah. Yeah, so maybe no. we didn't meet there. No, I'm pretty sure it was it. The first time I recall hanging out with you mm. was um was at the family. With Kid Kenobi yeah. and the freestyle was it freestylers or Stanton Warriors. I don't know who, yeah, I, but I remember, the, I remember that. That night, I definitely yeah. remember that, yeah, like yeah. Um, yeah, hanging in the green room and stuff. That yeah, was, and then upstairs yeah. and then they had like, you yeah. know, um, yeah, those little sort of booth turrets and stuff like that. So, yeah, yeah no, that was probably it. Yeah, back that then. That was probably it, yeah, so that's yeah. Probably, that, was a, that was a while ago then. We're probably talking six, seven years. I mean, not in the Long, grand scheme of things. It's got to be longer than that, though. Well, that's what I'm thinking. Because I've been home in Brisbane yeah. for seven years. Okay. Just, just over seven years. Yeah. So, so maybe we did meet at <clears> one of the before. addicts' things and we're just – we can't remember which one it was. <laughs> oh, I'm sure look, we would have would have run into each other if you were Adam and, and yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. No. I mean, I, rem- I remember – like, I remember faces yeah. more than I remember names. And I yeah. recall – like spotting you and and seeing you hanging out with peeps and do yeah. you know what I mean? Like we yeah. talked very lightly. Just oh hey, nice to meet you. Yeah, how are you? Yeah, oh, like, wow, crowd looks amazing. Oh, yeah. blah, blah, blah. you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, all that stuff. Generally before show, my head is just like get in focus, get in the game. So yeah. um, if I'm talking to anybody, the reality is I'm probably like checked out and yeah. trying to zone into my own process. Yeah. Um, and then afterwards, there's a there's a decompression of about two hours. And in that two hours, there may be some words that are said. Can't remember what they are. And then after that, <laughs> yeah. Then after that, then it's kind of like you know, you kind of grounded. At yeah, that stage. yeah. You're back. Yeah. Yeah. I remember seeing um, <clears throat> the way Jamiroquai did it years ago, <laughs> and they had like um, uh, like so they had the, the the back the green room where all the artists are hanging out. Yep. And then um, he would come out with his security, just with no shirt on and none of the makeup, none of the hat. And just walk around the crowd and choose girls like before um, yeah. to go, yeah, they're coming back, they're coming back, they're coming yeah. back. And they'd get invited back to the after party. And the after party, so you had the green room for the artists, which was dark, like incense, like no yeah. music, like complete, like like blue lights, black lights, you know. Mm. And then you had this room that was set up with like pizzas and, and a bar and like and they'd do a meet and greet there and they'd, yeah. you know, so they'd go back to their green room and chill out 
uh, until they'd kind of decompressed. And then everyone would be drinking in that that got invited. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> then they'd do a meet and greet. And then there'd be an official after party, yeah. which would be at a pub somewhere. Yeah, yeah. And then, and then they stayed in the hotel over the road. Which is where the after after party would go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. After, <laughs> you know, after and party, it was yeah. like the was real like, after party. I was like, this is so smart. Like, yeah, do you yeah. know what I mean? It's like little containers that honoured the process as to where people's head are at. You know, and it's yeah. like that's good because sometimes you come off stage and you don't want to be, um, you don't want to be rude. You don't want to be, um, but you just, you just, you know, you're so buzzed up. The adrenals are just pumping so much. Yeah. That it's like, yeah, just if I'm calm in, down a bit. Yeah, you gotta bring it down. You just gotta bring it down. Yeah. Otherwise, you're you're interacting from, you know, that high adrenal dump. Yeah. And you know, it's like, <laughs> you know, I, I'm not frightened or, or angry, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. but 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 the energy is high. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, um, <clears throat> but I like Michael Franti's uh take on things. Like he would finish on stage and literally jump over the stage. And go and hug people in the crowd. That's cool. And that, yeah, it was his thing. So, like, you know, if if there's that type of stage and I've got people that are there, like, I really took that on and it's like, yeah, cool, I'm going to hang and yeah. be available to interact. Yeah. Because we've yeah. just shared this experience yeah, together. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, yeah, come on, like, let's let's connect. And then, you know, we're, like, going to be both equally peaked. Yeah. So, therefore, yeah. that's cool and we'll calm down together and then I'll go and get a chill. You and know I suppose I mean? that's the thing with an MC as well is that, you know, you sort of do have that back and forward with the crowd probably mm. a little bit more than a DJ because you're actually mm. saying things to them. That's right. And they're responding, you know, back with, yeah. you know, however, however they respond. So oh. that's, that's a little, yeah, yeah. In the myriad I'm sure of you've got a, a few stories about that. But, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know, it's a little bit different to, to a DJ because mm. you are actually – directly speaking and interacting right, with them, yeah. isn't it? So yeah, I imagine yeah. that energy and that, like you said, sharing that sort of mm. moment or something that like space, that. That's yeah, yeah that, that's actually yeah. like yeah, really cool. But um yeah, you get is. that. Yeah. Yeah. And and I think um I think more DJs these days are, are appreciating that that's that's like a, a unique opportunity to increase the relationship. So they're trying yeah. to take on the mic. Yep. Thing I know a lot of guys who do that now. Yeah. Really badly. And, yeah. Um, <laughs> and it's like I can DJ but you don't want me to. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, that, like, yeah, yeah. No, I can DJ because CDJs exist now. But like, yeah, you know, yeah. I can DJ on vinyl, but it's just not great, yeah. you know. And it's the the old the, you know, um, yeah, it's a craft, it's an art, um, and anyone can MC, <clears throat> but it's hard to MC good. It's hard to MC to do it well. Like, yeah, that's it's right. like a lot of things. Like yeah, anyone right. can do a lot of stuff, but it's like to do it actually well is a yeah. different story. You yeah, know, to so. treat it with the reverence of uh, yeah. like an art form that it is. And there's levels, you know. That's like, right. There's levels yeah. to it. You that's know? right. Yeah. yeah. And you go and see someone like, you know, MC Supernatural, like, you know, I hear guys freestyle, <clears throat> like rappers and stuff like that. And then I remember MC Supernatural was at, at family. I got to, I got to tour with him. And the Black Eyed Peas before Elephant dropped. So yep. and um, and they were like, "Oh, this MC Supernatural." And I was like, "Oh, he's world freestyling champion." And then like before a lot of the Google search and stuff. And I was yep. like, "Okay, everyone's talked it up." And yep. anyway, I've told him this this rhyme to try and impress him. Like you know, I told him how I wrote it, and I was in Byron Bay having this spiritual like fucking mission, and and then told him this whole backstory to the rhyme. Told him the rhyme. <clears throat> he went on stage and just blew my head off i was like oh this guy's amazing like yeah he's like you know 
picking words out of the audience, reading through the dictionary, flipping off rhymes like that. Um, mental, just a like, dictionary. Just yeah. crazy, just going, right, flip a page, that. That's yeah. what I'm going to rap about. Like, you know, um, yeah, he was, he was amazing. And um, so that was good. And then we get backstage and, of course, everyone's partying. And, and um, like, in the middle of the, the, the smoky back room after partying for, like, four or five hours, he just yells out. He's like, yo, Cameron. Yo, and he tells me my backstory in a rhyme, chooses segments of the lyrics exactly as I delivered them, repatterns them and explains them back to me. <laughs> so, and then and then finishes it all in a freestyle. And I was like, um so like, oh, I'm not worthy. This he, guy he is amazing. Live you know? he remixed your rhyme. Yeah. And did it better from what yeah, you're saying. Yeah, that's, right. <laughs> yeah. that's right. Not only better, but explained it yeah. in rhythm, in time. Like he's just a genius, you know. Yeah. So yeah, no, you know, meeting those sort of guys really ups your personal game and and just kind of gives you something you know, to strive for too, strive, doesn't yeah. it? Because you're like, you know, a lot of the times people's egos that oh, you know, I'm getting really good, you mm. know, like oh, I'm, I'm getting good. fame, or I'm a good level, or yeah, or I'm getting fame yeah. or something, and that, and then sometimes you know it takes someone like that to come along and just sort of pull you down, to put size. you back, and go, all right. Yeah. I might be, you know, getting better, but I've got a lot of work to do still. Yeah, I've got to yeah. keep working hard. Yeah. And it's also that thing of do I want to do that thing, yeah. you know, and, and um, yeah, so like in Australia, I guess when I started off there was just no one. We weren't getting, we weren't getting MCs out here, you know. Yeah. Like there was, there was hip-hop um, and there was, you know, there was rappers and, and that type of stuff. Um, and like, you know, Def Wish cast and all those boys and the, yep. you know, I was, I was emceeing around with, um, KOC and the, and the B-Boy All-Stars and, um, Bill and James Broken Exit and, um, and that, you know, Angus and Catch and like, anyway, a lot of people won't remember these names, but these guys were kind of like the foundation of a That'd be a good little reunion for, for all the old heads. They'll, they'll tune yeah. in and, and, yeah. and listen and watch yeah, and they'll be like, oh, I remember that. I remember reminisce. that yeah, 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 yeah. But, um, you know, and it's good to know your history as well because yeah. I think, um, yeah, when, when it started off, um, like my, my inspiration was coming through cassette tapes. That yep. were people were bringing back from London, and they yep. were like, "You got to hear this. This is incredible." And, yep. you'd, and you'd hear it, and it was live, and it was just the shittiest recording, with the most fucking overblown loud microphones, where like <clears throat> nothing was mixed in properly. You could hear all the crowd and the crowd noises, but it was brilliant. Yep. Like that was the stuff that made yeah, you just yeah. go, "I want to be a part of that life and that lifestyle." And we're not getting that here. Um, and so, yeah, it, yeah, it was, it was difficult to, to get the inspiration. Um, whereas now, like, you know, it's, um, it's, it's a solid part of the industry. Yeah. Like when I started, there was no job called rave MC. Um, and I emceed for like, you know, six years for free. I was even longer. Um, because there just wasn't, there wasn't budget for it. Yeah. And people didn't understand, like. The DJs got it. The DJs yeah, yeah. were like, fuck yeah, this is yeah, like, this is sick. you know, you're going to hold the space that I'm, that I lose. Yeah. So yeah. in those moments where there's, yeah. there's space perfect for a rhyme, but it's also that turning point where girls get bored and fuck off and go and get a drink or, yeah, yeah. or the guys are like, it just loses that energy. Loses like, there's that all, energy. Cause there's sometimes yeah. there's those, those, and you know, that's, it's important to have that less energy, but you still mm. want an engagement, and that's where yeah, that's right. That MC right. sort of you know and if the vibe it, that you've and, got. And if you listen to some of those old dance records, like there's a lot of space, man. Yeah, 
<laughs> big you breakdowns. 20-minute records and 12-minute yeah, yeah. records and you've got these giant amounts of space, which is brilliant for the experience that it was creating back in the day. Yeah. Um, but energetically, yeah, you know, an MC that can come in and tastefully lace it all together, yeah. then, it, um, then it works out. Somebody who comes in and doesn't shut up the whole time and says the same thing over and over and over again, yeah, that's where it's yeah. like cheese grated to the ears. Yeah, you know what that's I mean? it. Yeah. So, um, but anyway, you know, that's that's the evolution. Yeah. So, how did you originally get into it? Then, you know, like you're talking about <laughs> that there wasn't a thing around, and mm. you're getting these tapes from London. Yeah. What sort of made you think, let's give it a crack, or, yeah. or you know, to start? It was honestly, it was honestly, well, it was break dancing, break dancing, and yep. dancing, which is yep. um, was I guess <clears throat> my first love. Uh, as a mode of self-expression, yep. Because um, I went to went to a private school. Um, it was all Jimmy Barnes and ACDC, and um, me and three guys liked hip hop. Yeah, <laughs> out of the whole school. And then, um, then the year younger than me, I repeated a year, and there was a drama class. And because the year I was in, there was no drama. All the guys I was uh, um, colleagues with were not creative. It was just the wrong fit, and I was the wrong year. So I was a year younger because we came up from Melbourne my mum put me in this in this year going oh um it's grade eight so this first year of high school put him in there but all the guys were 12 months older than me so I got to grade grade 10 I repeated which was the best thing I ever did found this drama class and there was all this self-expression use the voice as a tool um the guys got me to rap because I was I really liked rap music and and they got me to rap the start of a, a play called Bouncers um which is all about bouncers, you know. Yeah, <laughs> it yeah. is what it says. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there's a rap based on um, Rapper's Delight at the start. Okay, yeah, yeah. And so I've walked out on stage and froze, just choke, and they were like, let's start the play again. <laughs> and <laughs> and start again. Imagine well, if you could do again. that in shows. I did it twice. Yeah. I did it twice with a, with a full audience, you know, yeah. and I was like, oh, man. <clears throat> Third time, smoked it. I came out, they all laugh and they're like, just fucking do the rap, man. Yeah. And I came out and smashed it. And um, and then there was kind of a bit of confidence. It was a bit of confidence boosting. The dancing came on. Um, and then, yeah, and, and then a friend of mine, Jethro, DJ Spinnovator, who's over in the UK, um, who was the first DJ that I sort of hooked up and jammed with, yep. um, who was a mate of mine, him and Simon. We had a dance crew called Infinity DC. Infinity Dance Crew, and yeah. we'd, we'd go to the school dances and break dance and put these routines together. It was kind of like top rocking, b-boying, and um, yeah. sort of R&B crossed, you know, with gymnastics. Yeah. And I, was a, I was a gymnast, so I was doing backflips yeah. and stuff. Oh, you're a so, gymnast. Yeah, yeah. Me too. Yeah, yeah, there you yeah. go. We'll so have to was, talk about that in a bit. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So it was, um, it was all like, you know, it was all this self-expression, and, um, <clears throat> and I really found my home. Like I just felt me. Yeah, I felt good and I felt happy, and people just enjoyed it. And I was like, "Oh, I remember like dancing to Enigma um, on the dance floor. Had my little pork pie hat down, closed my eyes to start busting some moves, and opened my eyes, and there's this circle around me, and I was like, I didn't know what the fuck that's about, but yeah, cool. What's going on here? Okay, yeah, you know, um, and that kind of took off, and. And then that opened up a whole can of worms, jealousy from the football <laughs> boys and, you know, all the local bombers chasing you with knives. Yeah, my girlfriend wants there. You want to start something? I'm like, no, I'm just dancing, dude. Like, you know, <laughs> put your knives away and see you later. And, yeah. Um, and then um, 
so yes, I did a couple of talent shows like um, uh, it was like a Brookfield dance and uh, somebody put my name forward and said, oh, there's like a talent thing before the bands yeah. and oh, we know you're a break dancer. Can you come and dance? And I yeah. was like, yeah, cool. So me and a mate of mine and <clears throat> another buddy of mine who got really wasted before the gig yeah. and did the robot thing. It was hilarious. Yeah. Um, but that went really surprisingly well and um, and people loved it. And then um, this guy just came up to me um, and started speaking to me and I was like, I wasn't sure if he was like slightly disabled mm. and he was saying, oh, I really want to book you for this gig and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I think he's joking, but like yeah. he might be telling me the truth. I don't know. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and anyway, he wasn't joking. He was putting on a rave at, um, um, in the Maya Centre downstairs in Metropolis nightclub called Eclipse. And um, it was Triple J Presents. Like he'd fully put it all together. Sick. Um, yeah. And, and that was Andrew Stevens. And um, really sadly, he passed away this year. Last year, I yeah, I I've did I was on his radio show once. Yeah. I did a mix and an interview. Um, yeah. yeah, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, he I heard was, about um, that. Yeah, that was tragic. It yeah. was it was murdered. Yeah, and um, and yeah, I kind of looked up the dudes. I was really really shaken by that because mm. like him or hate him, um, <clears throat> a lot of people um, he rubbed them the wrong way because he was so passionate about what he did. Yeah, and he's communication skills weren't great i think mm -hmm. look i might be wrong but he might have been on the spectrum i'm not sure yeah um but yeah for him to be murdered was just yeah, that was it yeah. rocked me mm. it rocked me and then i saw the guys that did it and i was just like you know meth is a really bad thing yeah and um yeah, and, and that's actually something I was going to mention, but I'll, I'll get to that in a bit. Remind me of that. Yeah. Um, but um, we'll circle back to it. Just we'll circle back to it. it. Keep talking. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Oh, look, I'll show you a trick. So here we go. Here we go. Here's a chisel here we go. trick. Trick you got. Can't get into your beer, but that's all right because you got a bottle of water, eh? So <laughs> you just use your little gun trigger figure and then you pop it underneath the edge. And you pop it up. Yeah, perfect. Boom. I usually I can do that with a lighter, but I've never done it with anything else. I didn't have anything though. You, you had it there. That's all right. No worries. Um, I think we might just get the mic a bit closer to your mouth. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. yeah sure, we were sure. trying to keep it out of your face, but uh, no, that's I good. I think uh, yeah, you cool. just pop it down a bit so it's like up. I think. Yeah, it's, there you go. So we can see your face over there, yeah, and then the camera flash. here as well. Um, yeah, just so, so we can um, hear you nice and clear as well. Yeah, cool. But anyway, so yeah, so um, yeah, he booked. He booked us as, as dancers and then we went along to the event. Um, my girlfriend was a dancer at the time. Um, Just uh, sorry to interrupt, but what year are we talking here? Is all 1991. This so this is all 90, around the early 90s. This is yeah. the early 90s, yeah. yeah. When you were sort of <clears throat> in high school, near the end of high school? End of, end of high school, End yeah. of high school, yeah. Finishing cool. off sort of like grade 11. Um, I think I just turned 17 by this stage. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was underage, <laughs> yeah. but it was in a nightclub. It was you a were day performing. Ride. Yeah, it was performing, so it was fine. Um, and, um, yeah, that was a real game changer because at, at that event um, I met MC Chase and MC Sabre. Um, Sabre's passed away, sadly. He was the lead the lead MC of Basex, which was quite a famous Brisbane-based electronic mm -hmm. act um, in, the, uh, in the 90s. <clears throat> and... Um, 
and yeah, and and so I walk in, I get paid to go and dance. I'm like, this is bro, amazing, you know. I'm yeah. like just loving it. Um, so they had a nice big podium dance area, and then um, there's this dude just hanging over the balcony, rapping into a microphone, and I was like, I just I remember just walking straight up to him, and I was like, can I have a go? And he was like, can you rap? And I went, yeah. And he was like, <laughs> well, rap to me before I give you the microphone. And I was like, all right. So I did a nice T rhyme and he was just like, that's fucking dope, bro. Yeah, jump on the mic. So I jumped on the mic. <clears throat> I did this rhyme. And as I'm doing the rhyme, I still remember Sabre looking up at me, you know, because he's like a hip hop rapper. You know, he's, so he knew the rhyme or whatever. He like, knew, well, he, yeah. well, not only did he know the rhyme, but he was like, "Who the fuck is this dude yeah. who's just fronting on yeah. on DJ on MC Chase and got the mic?" Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. And I just remember because Steve used to have these like steely eyes, and he looked at me across the dance floor, looked up like this <clears throat> with his bad expression, like ice cube on his face, and I was like, "I'm in trouble now." Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and he's rocked on up, and he was like, "Don't rhyme, blow." Fucking love iced tea. Give me the mic. I was like, all right. Yeah, <laughs> and then yeah. the three of us just just went back to back that night. And and it turns out that Steve was kind of best friends with my girlfriend uh, at the time. Uh, what, you didn't know that. I didn't know any of this. I, I knew none <laughs> of this. I knew I, like I was brand new in the scene. And there was uh there was Edwin was DJing and Thief was DJing. I think Zen Trady. Uh, I can't remember who else. But I know Edwin and I, Thief, were, <clears throat> and I really fell in love with with what Thief was doing at the time. He was playing a harder sound. Everyone else was playing kind of ravey, which was cool. Um, and Thief came out with this much, much harder, hardcore edge. And I was like, I don't know what about that, but I like it, you yeah. know. Um, so that's kind of where it started. And then then we got booked as dancers at, at the raves. And uh, I still remember auditioning. And that's something I wanted to talk about later on as well. Promoters, big up the promoters because they don't get enough love, right? Yeah, it's true. Um, People think they're rolling in money too. And oh, most no. of the time it's like, oh, it's like nah, there's selling it's, their it's cars. It's and- very risky <laughs> business. Like you can lose a lot of money. Like oh, you can lose I tell people that. It's yeah. like you're going to be willing to lose money yeah, if you gamble. Know, could happen. Yeah, man. It rains and it's an outdoor type event. No one comes. <clears throat> it's yeah, crazy. It, yeah. Yeah, but – um. <laughs> I remember down at Lexington Queen in the in the city and um, like getting the booking to be the dancer at the rave and I was there with like five of my mates and, and my girlfriend and and we stood in front of Michael Watt who was uh, is you know promoting down at um, it's at uh, Prince Consort <clears throat> Prince now. Consort yeah. now yeah and um and Watty was a bouncer at that stage yeah but he was kind of like you know helping out with Peter Brown and getting the the stuff and he and he looked at us and watched us dance it was like a Tuesday night or something crazy. And he was like, watch us for about five minutes. And they went, yep. Yeah, you're all on on Saturday. And we were like, fuck yeah, free yeah. tickets. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, like this is unreal. Yeah, yeah. And that was it. Like got there at nine o'clock. It, from then on, every Wednesday, Friday and Saturday, I was dancing eight hours. So I'd get there at nine, I'd finish at five, and then we go back to someone's house, you know. Um, and... There wasn't much MCs going on. There was another guy in Metro. Um, Chase was coming backwards and forwards, in and out. And I spent most of the time at the raves after I was dancing, doing my routines and stuff, upstairs in the hardcore room because it was just it, there was just something else about it that I really connected with. Mm-hmm. You know, being a young white guy, lots of energy. 
Um, not really sure how to express your emotions. It was a really good vehicle to let go. Yeah, yeah. Lots of energy and intensity. Yeah, because um, yeah, I couldn't do the pub thing and <clears throat> I wasn't really into football, so I was like, uh, I don't know where I connect, but yeah, this, yeah. This, is, this, this is more me, you know? Um, and so, yeah, when I got up there, then I met these guys at Armageddon Dance Crew and they were like nothing but straight up gabber and hardcore. And, um, and I said, oh, look, you know, can I MC? And I'm, I do a little bit. And occasionally the guys would give me the mic when I was dancing. And then because they'd see me rapping while I was dancing and they'd be like, well, just do that and do that, the same yeah, thing. Yeah. And I'd be like, yeah, cool. You're like, uh, can I get paid for both? <laughs> no, I wasn't, getting, wasn't paid. getting paid. Yeah, no, yeah. no, we weren't getting paid. It yeah, was just yeah. like, you're famous now. Yeah. You know, we made you famous. Enjoy. Yeah. And like, yeah. Woohoo. Yeah. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm part of a scene now. Like, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. and it really Exposure. was. Exposure. Well, we'll pay it, you an exposure. It, there was no industry that was like really prominent. It was more that that I was accepted into a subculture um, yeah. that had a variety of people that I really enjoyed having conversations with. And because back then, and the, like the raves, they, they were like there was a higher gay contingency because dance music was a little bit more um, received in the gay community. Then you had the punk. Then you had the hippie. Then you had the the raver, I mean, ravers weren't a thing at that stage. It was kind of like we go to dance parties yeah. to rave. Um, yeah. And it was like the late 90s where the tracksuits and the Adidas and there was a like a like a, a look, like a scene, like I'm a raver type yeah. thing. Whereas back in the day, it's like well, a whole we're raving yeah, yeah. together. It was actually, a, it became an identity. Mm. That's right. Rather, yeah, than, yeah. rather than this is an experience of uniting, yeah. which is that whole 90s PLUR, peace, love, unity, respect yeah. thing, which was let's all get together, all these different people, and dance to the same music together, yeah. shoulder to shoulder, and accept each other as we find each other. And that's why I liked it because I was like there's something – spiritually evolved about this practice i don't know what it was but i was like this is not only good for how i feel about myself but it's good for how i feel about my place in the world yeah and i was like this has got to stay um there wasn't that sense of segregation or divide it was just like hey wow you're a fucking crazy looking mohawk wearing yeah like tattoo face dude let's be friends it's kind of like the doof scene these days very similar you know very similar like it's that yeah, People you've can, still got your identity of the you can, be, you can be, you can yeah. wear whatever you want. You can yeah. be from, you know, you can be into whatever it is. Mm. As long and as everyone they, you're, comes you're, together, you're, you're appreciating yeah. that yeah, unity yeah, consciousness. To, yeah, to yeah, experience like, it together. Yeah, yeah and that's and it's not that. Um, yeah, I mean, there's still a bit of a scene that goes on with your side trance type of. Oh yeah, uh, that sort of taking a bit of ownership, but but then that's just about respecting. Like, I mean, I, I look back to how I was in the day. I'm like, I'm a hardcore motherfucker. And like people are like, okay, yeah. cool. Like that's really intense, man. I'm yeah. like, it's the only way I do it. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. And so that was that was it. Like, um, once I met the Armageddon guys, we were doing Wednesday nights at the at the tube, which is the old prohibition. Um, and then Jenny and Thief were running this hard drive thing, and I was getting in that and doing drum and bass, the malaria nights, the area 51 nights, and roundabouts. And so there was this whole like 90s rave culture that happened in Brisbane. Everyone knew everyone. Everyone partied side by side. We were either in a side room or in the main room, depending on the style that was being promoted on the night. Yeah. Um, but literally we'd all go back to the same 
houses and have the kick-ons together and like with that's like everyone knew everyone. It was it was a family. It was a culture. It was a tight scene. It was a tight like, scene because it, it was probably would you say it was quite small in the big scheme of things or was it interestingly enough like um, like numbers wise I like I'm not going to guess but um, I would say some of the the early parties we're talking there's a couple of thousand so let's say like it's two or three thousand yeah. decent sized yeah. parties um, we're approaching the end of the nineties before then like up until. <clears throat> up until the site and the Roxy opened up, they were kind of smaller pockets um, and there weren't big raves and stuff. Strawberry Fields came along. That was like a big outdoor event down at Pimpama. I think I think Waddy's doing another one of those this year. Oh, cool. Um, which will be epic. Um, but, um, yeah, so like that whole big, massive dance party feel hadn't really touched down. It was more like small underground clubs and then pockets of them uniting for for events. Yeah. And then the bigger parties like your your site and your and your and your, your Roxy, they sort of took off and and that's where it became like a couple of thousand there. But there were the same heads. There's the same people you'd see every week. Um a few would flutter in and flutter out. But yeah. you know, it was pretty much the same crew for like a good part of ten years. Um, and then there was a attrition, natural attrition, people having babies, moving on, yeah. growing up. Do you know what I mean? Happens, oh, I don't yeah. do that anymore. And yeah. it's like, yeah, that's good. We thought you were going to die. But like, I like the music. So I'm yeah, going yeah. to stay. You yeah. know, I'm, I'm happy for you though. That's you know? like, I remember they even did that back to the moon party at the Trifford mm. a few times. And yeah. it's like, you know, that's all the old, you know, Break moon bar, guys. empire yeah, moon sort bar. of yeah. like vibes. Yeah. Um, and when we did when they did the back to the moon it's like you know 10 years later or whatever mm. and it's like in the afternoon it's like all right kids can stay till six guys <laughs> it's yeah, like the outsize right. area right. you know so everyone's their families with yeah. kids and stuff and that's and, and like- that's the inclusive thing that you'll yeah. see um and that's kind of a filtering down of the maturity of the of dance music culture um and you know i'm very much welcoming that like yeah you know europe's right onto it like you know they've got like in in um in parts of europe you know, a library and an eating area and a small shopping precinct next to a permanent rave structure. Hmm. And you can go out and go and dance to your favourite Eurotrance DJ and then go and do the shopping and catch up with a girlfriend and have a coffee, like on Hmm. a Tuesday. Yeah. Right? It's like, yeah, dancing's healthy. Yeah, and, and, it and doesn't have to necessarily be attached to alcohol, alcohol and drugs, drugs right, and correct. things like it, it. It can just be something because you just, enjoy the is, music and dancing. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's right. That's right. That's a thing. That's a thing. <laughs> that's, that's a, a thing. thing you know? And it's not um, just a thing for yeah. the ecstatic dance people who are making a point of saying, we don't do drugs and alcohol and we're standing against it. Yeah, yeah. It's like you can do whatever you want, yeah. but this music is like part of our culture. Yeah. And um, and so you're seeing that now happen here, which is really good. Um, elements have been really big behind driving, you know, moving more of the electronic scene rather than having electronic music featured at places like Woodford and stuff like that where it gets a bit of exposure. Mm. We're looking at these festivals now where they've got like generations of culture um, and so you're seeing kids. Like my daughter came to the Elements this year. It was oh, her first one. Sick. Oh, it was great. Yeah. She came on stage, said some stuff on the mic and, you know, she's, Actually, she's a Actually, I think I might have seen, is there a little video about of that somewhere? Or uh, maybe you photos. just mentioned it. Maybe you just mentioned yeah, it on, mentioned on, on, it. on yeah, socials on social or something. Yeah. yeah. So, 
um, you know, and that's great for me to be able to share that experience that's, you know, been a big part of my life for 30-something years. Yeah. Um, and big shout-out to Trent for that, though, like putting that on. Oh, amazing. All that work yeah, and amazing. effort that he had to do for that was yeah, just yeah. the hoops he had to jump through with oh, the COVID plan and then crazy. such uncertainty around if it would even happen, you know, mm. like, mm. and like we said, a lot of money involved. Yeah, you lots of money. Like, lots of money. Like people, people don't. You know, uh, people don't think about how much money is involved in events, even a club night. Mm. People yeah, it's don't, crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. So you know, big a risks. videographer can cost four grand. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that's just to do the little after movie video and yeah. take the content of the day. You know, oh man, that's crazy. not even the artists. That's yeah. not even the you know the mm. writers. Not mm. the artwork. The yeah. Travel. Travel, uh, yeah. flights, accommodation. Insurance. Like, yeah. 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 The whole lot. It's crazy. A lot of people, you know, when you see them posting on online going, oh, you know, I can't believe you're um, shutting it down because of COVID. That's just like, you're not thinking about us. It's like, it's no, like, we're thinking about being able to survive. Yeah. And, and put on the event in the future. Yeah. Because if we were to do it now and get shut down midway because of COVID restrictions, Say goodbye to all of our savings, yeah, and you'll never see this festival again, yeah. And so they're just, you know, that's just the business side of things, yeah. Um, and and the good thing is now that you know there is a a very developed, coherent and grounded business world to support dance music, um, yeah. and the music industry, um, not just the the old day rock and roll stories of. You know, I had a manager at one stage, um, shouts out to Sam Cutler, um, who was, uh, he was the tour manager for the Rolling Stones, managed Nina Simone, Grateful Dead, managed my band for a while. Um, amazing. And the stories that he would tell about the the music industry, it's just crazy shit. Yeah. Um, and it just doesn't happen anymore. You yeah. know what I mean? Like that stuff, those days are gone. Like bad crazy, you mean? Uh, like unbelievable crazy. <laughs> uh, unbelievable good crazy bad crazy unbelievable oh, look, look, like what do you, my, like, you my, mean bad things good my, things my sliding scale on uh, good just and crazy bad in general. let's just say crazy in general yeah yeah like okay. yeah because like i i i've got a pretty good and dark sense of humor so like i might find things funny that other people would be like yeah i don't know about that like yeah. you know, have, have, have i ever have you ever heard the goblin story have i ever no. no. All right. Do you want the goblin story? Yeah, sure. Okay, it sounds go. awesome. <laughs> let's let's, right. let's get into so, it. Um, so we're at Reading Festival in the UK, um, uh, which is a big outdoor dance music festival. Mm-hmm. Awesome. It's kind of like the the dance music offshoot of, of Glastonbury. And I'm over there with Kid Kenobi and Q45 and um, a whole bunch of Aussies. It's in like the 2000s period. It's 2004. Yeah. I think cool. 2004 or 2005. I was in grade 12. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> there you go. So we're, we're over there. Um, it's the summer. It's the UK summer. It's a beautiful summer. Um, and we're all camping. So we've got this camp set up and we go and do this gig, just smoke the gig. Like it was just awesome. Yeah. Big festival tent. Um, and and like uh, Kid Kenobi was pretty famous at the time. So we had a lot of Aussie support. And it was just, yeah. it, was, it was wicked. So anyway, we went back to celebrate. And um, our mate, um, who shall remain nameless, um, couldn't speak properly because he'd been partying for a week. And I was like, <laughs> what's, wrong with, what's wrong with him? And they're like, oh, I can't speak. And I'm like, okay. Couldn't speak for all night. And then we're sitting around the campfire in the morning and he just blurts out, the goblin. And I'm like, cool. So the first thing you say, 
like the, that you can say yeah. is the goblin. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, fucking hell. Come on. All right, tell us the story. What's yeah. happening? You yeah, know. Yeah. So anyway, he manages to tell us a story that basically his friend went to Camden Markets and bought the last of the legal like magic mushrooms, right? And him and all their mates were going to go and take them. And so he's sitting there and he's got these, um, he's getting these text messages from his mate because they all went to the pub for a few beers. Yeah. Text message, text message, text message. And they start getting more frenetic and they start getting weird. And they're like, oh man, he started without us. We better go and save him, you know? So they rock over to his door, knock on the door. Door springs open. He's sitting there wide-eyed, and they're like, "Hello, mate!" And he goes, "Thank God you're here." He's still here, and he's like, "Is he? Is he? Where, where is he?" And he's like, "Come with me." And he's got on his hands and knees, and he's crawling over to the kitchen sink. <laughs> and they're like, "It's going to be a witch's hat," or yeah, like, yeah, you know so, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And so he's like, "He's in there," and, and so they open the door, and there's a Down syndrome child, right? And they're like, "What?" Oh. Fuck. Like, right. What's going on? <laughs> so first things first, they grab him and take him, like grab the, the kid, take the kid to the lounge room to give him the one so make sure he's okay. Yeah. Kid's fine. He thinks it's all big fun. He's laughing. He's having a great time. They take the old mate aside and they're like, hey, man, cool goblin. So <laughs> they start um, messing with him. He's like, he's like, the goblin's here. And they're like, no, it's not a goblin. It's a Down syndrome kid, you know? Yeah. And um, so they're like, so, okay, buddy, uh, so where'd you find the goblin? He's like, oh, man, I went walking through the park and then I saw him and I thought, you're never going to believe it. So I took him over with me. <laughs> like this. And they're like, so he's kidnapped this he's kid. He's kidnapped a child. And so they're like, oh, this is fucked up. So anyway. Oh, my God. And they go, okay, mate, you have to tell us where the goblin lives, right? <laughs> have to take us back there. And he's like, oh, I don't know if I can. And so they're like, they jump in the car and they put a, a, like a rug over the goblin, over the kid, right, um, referring to child as goblin clearly. Um, and then they're driving up and they get the side of the park and they can see it. You know, there's cop cars everywhere. There's police with dogs up in the bushes. There's crying mum over here. Everyone's losing their shit. And there's this like window opportunity where it's just like, like suddenly everything parts and they're just like, that's it. They've grabbed the kid and they've run back. I don't know if you've been to the UK, but they've got these no, like yeah. they've got these like uh, kids play areas that have got fences around them, really high, so kids can't climb over them. So, but it's adult height, right? Yeah. So they've run back. <laughs> they put the kid back in there, pulled off the rug, jumped back in the car, hid, wait, then then you hear the mum. Craig runs over, picks him up. He's fine. Here he is. He's here. He's here. Like, <laughs> right? Jesus. You know? And so they drive from like Marlebone to bloody um, Shoreditch, pick up party favors on the way, party for a week. Oh, and on the way up, they're always like, oh, this is so funny, isn't it? It's the funny story. And then on the yeah. way down, they're like, CCTV, we're going to jail. Yeah, it's, like, yeah. it's, like, it's like, you go to jail. But they, they you know, nothing happened. So anyway, I come back. I bring that story back to Australia. <laughs> And then the thing goes like kind of viral. This is before social media. Yeah, yeah. So like this is I think 2005. So Facebook had just been invented, you know. So yeah. it's like we're not like – it was are, MySpace or whatever. Like MSN and MySpace. Yeah. Like, MSN but it was this thing like when I was – because I was working in restaurants and, and the guys were like, oh, right. So, um, you know, we'd be sitting around the table and there'd be like really funny – uh, there'd be like, you know, hospitality. And then there'd be always one or two like super conservative straight asses. And my manager would be like, hey, Cam, do you want to do you want to tell us about the goblin story? And I'd be like, sure. Yeah. <laughs> so you'd rip it out and you just watch their face like, no, that's 
terrible. Yeah, it's like, yeah. look, the kid was fine. Yeah. Like, if you know anything about it Downton. It was a mistake. It was, it was a, a genuine mistake. Genuine mistake. And like, he actually he, thought it was a goblin. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and you know what? Down syndrome kids think that like everything is fun. Yeah. The world is exciting and it's all positive. He's not traumatized. He's had a great time. You know what I mean? He's like, you know, so oh. anyway, that's, that's. It was that's, a different time back then. It was wasn't a it? different time. <laughs> you know, so anyway, yeah. So that's so, the goblin um, story. So, how did he. So, the person who said. At this party, he'd been playing yes. with the goblin. Yeah, yeah. Who, who just all so of a sudden he said was, the goblin was he part of that story? He was. He was. He was, he was in the crew. Okay. He was. He was like the the guys that were at the pub. Yeah, yeah. So he's one of those yeah, guys. Yeah. And then it was his mate that was the one that went, you know, goblin hunting. So. Yeah. <laughs> so so he so yeah he was just like recounting that yeah like that's right he was yeah, like, yeah. The goblin. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah and again there was like people sitting around this campfire that couldn't believe it there was people slightly traumatized there was like no we've got to go and tell the police and you're yeah, like that's yeah hectic. look i'm pretty sure he's not gonna own up to it yeah. just saying you yeah, know? yeah like yeah, yeah, and the kid course. was totally fine so yeah. like disclaimer no no goblins were harmed so yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy yeah um yeah. and so like i know we were, we were talking about how you started like before mm, mm. and we're talking about like the dancing and stuff but and you said you got up and you did that that um you know ice cube rap yeah yeah but how did you get into that rapping before that because obviously you're uh, into it yeah yeah that's right that's right so at that stage you had already gotten into it yeah so, so is it just through the drama stuff and the hip and the mm, dancing and stuff or what happened there no uh obviously before my, that my, you're into it because you could yeah rap that's at right. that stage so well yeah that that's happen? right that's right so like bef- like the way it kind of landed for me was um it was kind of the it was like public enemy ice tea um it was gangster rap it was nwa it was all of that stuff that expressed that late 80s early 90s sort of like yeah it would have been late 80s then would it, late 80s and early 90s oh, it was yeah. like um like uh run dmc yeah um the guys that kind of precursed the the Snoop and those type of days. I didn't yeah. really get into that uh, West Coast stuff. I was more New York City yeah. and like. I've got this folder on my USB that I have and it's just called like 80s and 90s hip hop. Yeah. And it's just like, <clears throat> yeah. Just the guys. Yeah, yeah. The guys. The good um, stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it was also that and <clears throat> just those killer 808 kick drums and it was just fat and. Uh, but but what it was for me is when I when I first heard it when I was exposed to it through like four triple Z four triple Z was like a place where I get that uh, the fat tape radio show um, I think there was a show that preceded that uh, the dance music program would sometimes feature it um, but I was exposed to it at school before um, before nightclubbing clearly yeah um, and. And it was through older brothers of girlfriends. Like there was a guy who uh, who gave me the cassette tapes of Adamski's Musical Factory, who was the guy that first featured Seal. Really? So Seal was a rave MC. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, really. Like he was a rave MC before he became Seal. Yeah. And um, he featured was he on Seal still. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So he was featured on Doctor Adamski's Musical Factory, which was this awesome. And it's awesome, like acid. I want to hear that now. Dude, like, it's I, sick. I want to hear, you know, is, I wonder sick. if you can, you obviously, can you find that yeah, online? Yeah, you can yeah, Google it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all there. Yeah, um, cool. So easy to find. But he um, he had this, um, uh, yeah, this cassette tape and he had this, um, he was uh, featuring, yeah, featuring Seal. And I was like, that's great. And he goes, man, that guy's an MC. And so like I, I started getting in touch with this concept that there was 
like in London, these Jamaican MCs, these toasters who would freestyle over the dance music. While toasters? Just, was that what they Well, they're... toasting's what, what the origins of what I do is. Oh, okay. So toasting is... that what is, Okay. That's How where did... it, so it comes from Jamaican dance hall. Oh, cool. So um, you if you've seen those pictures of um, <clears throat> there's a guy with like one turntable and there's like 50 cassette players behind them and the room is full with dudes pressing cassette players and there's a dude on a microphone and it's in a skate rink. Like that's the origins of what that's it is so that sick. MCs do, right? So and sick. so what they would do is they'd play a record and then he'd run it through a sampler in these cassette tapes and then he'd loop it and put effects on it and he used his effects on his thing. And then he'd play a loop, which was a loop of the record, like whatever the hit rock and roll record was or whatever it was. Yeah. And then the MC would do a version. So a version is like, I'm going to rock around the clock tonight. It's like, I'm going to rave around till I run out right. You know, it's like, yeah, yeah. I'm going to use the same words. I'm going to use similar words, yeah. similar timing, definitely yeah. the same harmony. I'm yeah. just going to redo it live for who's in front of me yeah. um, so that I can feel in time while the DJ flips the record on his one record player. And then does the thing again. Yeah. Because they didn't figure it out. It was like two record players. And yeah. It was like, that yeah. came later. Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> so it, it was like, um, so that was kind of, that's, that's the origin. And toasting is where um, your primary job is to big up the DJ and to big up the crowd. Um, so like and a hype interact. man, a lot of people would know it as a, as a hype man. So a hype man is is the American version of toasting. Okay, and a hype yeah. man is, is, um, a yeah, look, I'm, and and that's that's a whole different art form uh, again. But, but how is it different then? Let's can you explain that? Is it yeah, easy sure, to sure, sure, sure. Because yeah, I'm, I'm interested to hear. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, what, um, so then? toasting versus hype man. Yeah. Um, toasting is more, uh, I would say, uh, more musically eloquent than okay. hype man. Okay. Hype, yeah, I right. gotcha. So hype man, um, <clears throat> and you've we've all heard Fat Man Scoop. And those type of type of dudes, um, they're using more uh, the the power in the voice, the energy. Um, it's not so much about what they say. Yeah. Whereas the toaster yeah. is very much about what they say. It's yeah. deliberate for that reason. Yeah. Um, you'll find hype men or guys at classes hype men who will have toasting capacity but just don't recognise that that's what they're doing. So, I mean, you've just – we're talking – probably these days everything starts blurring and merging into yeah, each that's other, right. doesn't it? Like that's there's right. bits of stuff, you know, it yeah, sort that's of cross-pollinates, right. doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, it does. But and that's the difference between the two sort of specific yeah. – I understand what you mean. I can, yeah. I can, yeah, I can think of that. Yeah, and bit, also yeah. a hype man is usually a backing man to a rapper. Yeah. So a hype man generally, I know all of your lyrics, you're the feature, you're, you're Ice Cube. Yeah. I'm your hype man, therefore I know all of your lyrics. So when yeah. you need to take a breath, I fill in. Yeah. So I'm your backup guy. I'm yeah. like your backing in in the rock and work, rock and roll world. I would be known as a backing vocalist, mm -hmm. but I'm a hype man because sometimes I'll be called on to take front and center. Yeah. So I can take front stage when old mate needs to have a nap or smoke a blunt or whatever he's whatever, whatever is, he's yeah. doing. Yeah. You know where you're like, uh, okay, so he needs to have to, a drink of water or yeah, you know, you know do some yoga backstage. And, yeah. You know, yeah. Sure. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> um, whatever it is, yeah. but like yeah. So these guys have a capacity to hold stage yeah, cool. and hold energy in that place. Yeah. Toasters potentially don't have that. So toaster would generally um, kind of 
not have the amount of content that a hype man might have, um, they'd be able to continue as long as the DJ could continue playing. A hype man could hold space without anything. Yeah, just on stage, no music. No music, no nothing. So that's that's a different technique as yeah. well. So it's like part stand-up comedian, part fucking um, energetic maestro. Yeah. Um, and so I'll use those, tech tech, uh, those tactics and techniques yeah. and then I'll use uh, toasting and then I – and then I put together my rapping or singing or yeah. dance hall Jamaican. Like, so I liked because of the long hours on the microphone from the rave scene, I developed um, lots of different characters and those different characters and personalities and styles was because they'd start off the night with hip hop and hip house and then go into house yeah. music and then go into trance and finish it off with hardcore. And I was the yeah. one MC that had to do all of it. Yeah. Um, because so I wanted sort of to. Adjust and, you got yeah, to adjust yeah. to yeah. make it sound like it's right for yeah. that music. And so it always cracks me up when I have trance DJs that are like, oh, you don't MC to trance. I'm like, I MC'd to trance for the first 10 years, man. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know. Like, yeah. Maybe you don't MC yeah. to trance, but yeah, I yeah. do. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. And you can do it so that you don't sound like there's a vocalist. It's yeah. You use effects units yeah. and you lace it in or you make your voice sound like a sample yeah. to, to sit in the music so it doesn't detract from. But but, but if you're on? watching watching stage, you realise again there's that human element and yeah. suddenly there's that connection. Yeah. And yeah. so it's just it just brings another like level to things, really. Yeah. Like it just adds another layer on top, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's right. That's yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. So how did it then go from you know you were doing you were going to these raves and you're doing mm. like you know mm. the dancing and the emceeing and all that? Mm. When did it start to transition to just emceeing sort of at shows and oh and, just being a like and, a career and, move? Yeah. Or, or when yeah. you know you sort of moved away from maybe just doing the dancing and you you know you linked oh, up with Kid MC. Kenobi and you started yeah. doing all those things. Well, there was the kind of about like, there was a ten there was about a ten year um, transition period. Yeah. Um, so it was like mostly hardcore. Uh, like hardcore dance music that gave me a platform to be MCN03. Yep. So that was my first stage name. Yep. Um, and so I, I ran that guy up until how, the how late 90s. How did you 90s. get that name? What's N03? What's it? I thought it was the I thought it was the chemical component for nitrous oxide, but it's not. <laughs> uh, um, Is that NO2? Yeah, yeah. You were one. Yeah, yeah. I was one off. One off. I was one off. But you then I justified it. Molecule off. Yeah, that's right. And uh, and so then when I when I found that reality out, I still loved the MC name. And then I then I actually embellished it with meaning. So um, it's like the three levels: like the turntable, the DJ, the the crowd, or the turntable. DJ and the music, uh, mind, body, soul. Um, so there was this whole spiritual um, evolution behind trilogy that that came out. Not religious. Yeah, um, it was just more spiritual um, ap- ap- observation. Isn't that so, funny though? That like mm. you know you think about back like before the internet was massive and we had it in our pocket. Yeah, like you you wouldn't. How do you find that? Well, you How do you find what NO2 is? You've got to go to the Britannica, library. Britannica, uh, like, of, yeah, that's um, what I mean. You've got to go to Encyclopedia to find out what the chemical element yeah, is. Yeah, or nitrous a dictionary. Or... Whereas like now it's like you just, oh, what is it? And, you, you know, you can find it instantly. Oh, no. It's like so, oh, no. yeah, so it blows it, my mind. I just yeah. yeah, me too, me too. It's crazy. And, and you know, um, so, yeah, NO3 was, was, um, was the analog age. And I was going to mention this. Yeah. So this was like analog up until the late 90s, right? And then MC Shawshock was created specifically 
on the switch of me expanding my lyric base in drum and bass and breakbeat specifically. Yeah, okay. So um, I was working with Shade and Shredlock. So Shade, Breck, Volker and uh, Shredlock, Scotty, um, Scott Reed. Um, I've heard Shredlock before. I yeah, know. he was I've like the name I'd... called the granddaddy of breaks. And, okay, that's probably you know, he was that. the He was the <laughs> resident up at um, the Moon Bar. Amazing yeah. DJ. Um, yeah, really good mate of mine. His yeah. younger brother, Stuart, DJ, Lecter. Um, was in Zephyr Tamba, which was the band that okay. I that I would join. So, um, so anyway, got to the late nineties. Um, did a, a sea change. Went to Byron um, on a spiritual quest. Did that thing. Got veggie. Got sober. Really got into my yoga. Had a massive transformation. Um, had a spiritual epiphany around this wanting to do this band. You know. Um, mm like a vision and I, and I came back and I sort of threw down a, uh, like a bit of a, like new boundaries on how I was going to in, interact in the rave world. I wasn't going to do it for 50 bucks all night anymore. I was like, man, everyone's shaking my hand as they leave the place. Yeah. I was like, I'm worth more than, I'm, I'm worth more than yeah. something. Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, everyone knows me. I'm underselling myself. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. like significantly. And so that, that cut me out of a lot of gigs, thankfully. Um, and then put me into the new hemisphere working in the breakbeat scene with the, with the guys that really, really appreciated what I was doing um, and gave me a vehicle to build that world. Yeah. And so uh, I was doing acting college, um, decided to go back and, and study acting. And then my technical abilities went from rave MC guy who had a, had a spiritual epiphany to uh, like uber competent artist because I was doing this uh, acting training that was like 50 contact hours a week. Um, they yeah, can't, that's, that's a lot, man. They canned it after two years. Kids were popping like fucking fried eggs, man. It was. That's a, well, that's a lot. Like you think was, about a normal work, like oh, a normal man. full-time job is like 38 hours yeah. or whatever. And, and that was before, that was before like rehearsals. So like some of these days, some of these weeks were like, you know, 80, 90 hour yeah. weeks, which is normal for an artist, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so anyway, um, that was an amazing, amazing thing. And that really shaped uh, my performance techniques in a, in a much faster way. Yep. Um, and then I met Zephyr Tamba, um, which was my uh, band for the next uh, sort of five years yep. um, and started working with Kid Kenobi. So there was there – was... How did you meet Jesse, Kid Kenobi? Like how did that happen, that connection there? So, yeah, well, that was, that was actually through um, uh, a friend of mine, Jane Slingo, um, who'd moved down to Sydney – and um, she later became our manager and um, she kept telling me about this guy. I was coming down emceeing these these boat parties as MC in 03 and then I was doing this MC Shawshock thing and then I had this Zephyr Tamba thing and the industry was crossing over from analog to digital and it was a really yeah. full-on time. Yeah. You know, some, a lot of some, change, a lot of new ideas. A lot of new ideas. Coming. Yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, there were some weeks where I was touring, you know, five states three gigs in different states a day yeah, uh, and doing that over a weekend. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And, and, but different things like MCNO3, uh, Zephyr Tamba, Kid Kenobi thing. Yeah. Like it was just like that, that were really busy days, you know? Yeah. Um, and so, uh, yeah. So anyway, uh, we were doing these blueprint, blueprint parties at the globe, mm-hmm. um, which was drum and bass downstairs, breakbeat upstairs. And, um, and so I got invited to come down and work with a guy called Diz One, who later would work with um, 
uh, Melbourne guys whose name escapes me. They were really big electronic breakbeat act. But anyway, but all the guys, all the guys from the early thousands who ever became anything, you know, from your groove terminators to your infusions to your goodwills to like any of the big names, um, all partied at this club. Mm. Like everyone went there and then we went other ways, you know. And, yeah. And and that was just that was the hub. That was the zone where we all did our thing. And and so I start, I met Jesse. We started hanging out, started doing a couple of gigs together. Jane was like, yeah, you just got to – and like pretty much from the first gig, I was like, this guy's fucking dope. Yeah, like, you know, like, and, and we get along nice and easy. And then it was really the first tour that sort of cemented the friendship. We went to um, we went to uh, Threadbow. We got a tour up there and stayed for a couple of days. Yep. Learned to snowboard after no sleep and hung out, stood yeah. on the balcony with our shirts off in the snow going, I think we're going to do great things. Like, it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah I think if you If you had are. Instagram, then yeah. you would you would have had the photo from different, behind. Different, different days. Yeah, I know. That's yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. The photo. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, and then literally it was like my, my band was going really well. Um, we were we we're doing some really big tours. We're touring with Jamiroquai, Moby, um, Michael Franti. We're doing all the big stadiums nationally. Um, and Jesse had just been offered um, Ministry of Sound Clubbers Guides Breaks, which was the first breakbeat CD in the world on Ministry of Sound. Yeah, and he'd asked me to MC on it, and so that was the first MC in the world to so, MC on Ministry of Sound over breakbeats um, over this compilation. And then that's that's kind of that was when it started the wheels turning, you know. Like my band started coming, uh, was was about to release an album, and then um, the uh, the two producers, key producers, um, couldn't work together anymore. There was yeah. a, a friendship dissolving, and there was um, there was a whole bunch of other really painful and difficult. Yep reasons about uh, yeah, the way it dissolves. happens with bands and when, you know, yeah. that's why it's easy being a solo artist like, yeah. and producer by yourself. You yeah. don't have to worry about the band or yeah. the other oh, people's well, we creative were, or yeah. personal or anything like that, mm. you know. There is a magic behind that. that oh, um, yeah, it's definitely. That, that's that, and a power and, a, um, and an experience. Yeah. Like all the good bands will all tell you, you know, the, the most important thing is the friendships and the and the and the camaraderie yeah. that was created? Yeah, it's like it's just like it's amazing, and um, you know, um, so when that project started to fall down, like early two thousands, mid two thousands, um, just on the cusp of the big album, that's when Jane was like, "Oh, uh, we'd done a couple of Ministry of Sound CDs by that stage." Yep. We're hitting all the big stages with Kid and we're hitting all the big stages with Zephyr. And um, and then Jane was like, oh, well, you know, there's a big tour in the UK. Do you want to do that? And I was like, fuck yeah. Yeah, so, who's going to say um, no to yeah, that? Like, no, like, it's like, yeah, let's, let's do, do that. Do you want to go over to another country yeah. and get to see it and, like, yeah. you know, get paid and stuff and, yeah, like, and get paid and play to do shows it. and I, things you love? Like, yeah, yeah, that's right. And in the um, place that is, yeah. the, that is the mecca of yeah. what it is that you do, yeah. you know? It's like, um, yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. 
And um, yeah, no, and it, and that was cool. And we went over and slept on the lounge room at my friend Toby's house for fucking yeah. weeks and weeks and weeks. And totally worth it. Yeah, it was totally <laughs> yeah, worth it. Yeah. Fifteen grand on the credit card, totally worth it. Yeah. Had no money, no worries. Yeah. Like you know, but um, but the memories was, though, and the, oh, know, it was the moments, like yeah, you know, you're- amazing. And standing up there at tea in the park and having like you know festival. I think there was one hundred and fifty thousand at the festival, and you know, having a full room, bouncing kangaroos and Aussie flags and Aussie, Aussie, Aussie at the start after DJ Sneak in the house room. We're the only breakbeat act in that room, you know. All of the like Stan Warriors and Crafty and they're like, how the fuck did you get that set, mate? And we're like, I don't know, but it's great. You know, it was it was good. They were really good times. And then, you know, Jesse became Australia's number one DJ a couple of times. I was going to say, I think that's important for people to know like who Jesse mm. Kid Kenobi is because mm. in that era – like he, I think he won the DJ Mag comp like five years in a row. Or uh, like well, he won it heaps. I know the, the, the um, three in a row was it? And but he, I think he three, three he in a row. Won it five in total though, maybe. Uh, I don't know. He, nah. I remember he had a big run of it where he was just killing oh, it. Was three. It. There was the um. It was the. And this D, is it was this the, is back um, when it was actually like. It wasn't just based on social. You couldn't just run social media ads to get votes. You no, know, but it then, was actually, then, it, then it all got then. It yeah, all got, now yeah, it's yeah, a little bit like. Oh yeah! If you put enough marketing dollars into your yeah. into your social media, you can get people to vote for you. On, <clears throat> yeah, you know, if you, yeah, yeah, that's right, that's if right. You know you what can, you're doing. You can manipulate it through marketing, and that, that's back then always, it wasn't. No, it, it wasn't was, like that. No, it wasn't like that then. Yeah. Um, and and although, to be fair, there was um, there was uh, solid marketing around him. because yeah. he had a uh, he was going out with Chloe Maxwell, who was quite famous at the time. Uh, I think he did a cover on. GM, like Bachelor of the Year, or yeah. like there was all these other like, things outside, other of, things music. outside yeah. of music that contributed. So when you want to say like you know, oh like, but you can affect marketing. You can affect marketing back then, and marketing did affect. That, it's just that different. For him. It's di- different. Yeah, yeah. It's different. But yeah. social media uh, manipulation and algorithms and likes and paid. Yeah. Um, like you it's know, a whole different thing now. Paying a paying a, a like farm over in Vietnam to make oh, make email addresses and, now. Well, it isn't. It's it isn't. It isn't. Um, like you know, uh, it's still like. You and to know, be honest, outliers. I know artists now who, when that was first started, that whole the likes and stuff, mm. they maybe did it, and it actually now hurts them because. Because they've got all yeah. these followers, yeah. but the engagement's not Zero. on Zero. Yeah, there's yeah, no engagement. Right. So it, it's, it's actually called a kind dead of, profile. Yeah. So, yeah, that's what happens. It's like when you when you pay for the the like farms to big yeah. up your thing, what it does is it creates a dead profile and then you've got to start again. And, yeah. you know, there's a whole bunch of- Because you've got all these people, you know, you've got all, you've got all oh, these man. likes. You've got, you know, 100,000 likes or something and you, you every post has got like, Three, 20. Like, three likes yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, no it. one comments three that's likes. It. It's like, or it's like, or it's like, um, I'm glad like Dural Digamokur from uh, from Israel. Like, yeah. he says, "Oh, like, glory to God! Yeah, he loves your stuff." Yeah. Like, it's like, no, it's like, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, but like, you know, it's it's been an interesting. I mean, we've seen know, it from the start. We didn't to know anything about it. I remember seeing it when it first started off, and and um, this before I even got a MySpace. I was like. No, this is bullshit, man. I yeah. don't want to do any of this stuff. See, I got onto Facebook super early because mm. I was at college um, at uni in 2005 mm. and we had people from America come mm. over to do 
you know, uni mm. and do like a, you know, like a thing over here mm. um, for, a, for half a year. And they were all like, oh, this new thing that just started at like Harvard, mm. it's called Facebook. Like, and it's, I know. And it's, you know, and then so I, I got on it in 2005, mm. super early, you know, mm. like, so mm. because, because we had heard of it and mm. yeah, it was interesting. Oh, like, interesting. Seeing times. how it's grown and it's yeah. like a whole thing now. Yeah, like, yeah. you know, it wasn't real big. Like mm. I didn't think it was when I started in 2008 with DJing. Mm. I didn't think social, even though social media was around, I didn't think mm. it would be as big a thing as it is now. Oh man, now it's huge now. now it's these, massive. Well, yeah, you've got tech giants that are shutting down the American president. Yeah, like we're Crazy. we're now there. Yeah, uh, we're now at a point where they're um, more influential. I mean, have you seen the social dilemma? On yeah, it? yeah, I've watched that. Yeah, yeah. and um, you know, um, like we've created a monster and. Yeah. It ain't going away anytime no. soon. And they can buy and bribe and manipulate however they like yeah. to affect whatever change they want to do. That's happened. Yeah. Ta-da! And it's the algorithm, yeah. you know. So for me, um, looking at how that and, – and, you know, it becomes evident when you go and uh, like you go to a family barbecue or something like that at a friend's place. And my, my friend and I were pointing this out in the conversation noticing um, people's concepts surrounding like Donald Trump, for example, to notice what social media feed manipulation is being fed to them mm. based on their biases. And so you've got this little pot over here going, yeah, he's against the pedophiles. And then you've got this little bunch over here going, oh, you know, he's like the worst thing since, since Hitler. And then you like there's nowhere is there a balanced – yeah. understanding mm. that is okay to discuss the pros and cons. It's just you're either for it or against it. There's this polar binary thinking is poisonous mm. because this is not the world. The world doesn't work in binary, yeah. polar. It's, it's always, not black and white. Yeah, it's not black and white and it's not easy and simple. It's it's often nuanced and it's like yeah. there's there's it's like, oh, yeah, you can say that, but there's also this which plays mm. in like, and you've got to be prepared, like yeah. you know, going through what we're going through with with the evolution of deep fakes and all that type yeah. of stuff. Now it's like we, you know, it's one of the reasons that that I that I am so heavily involved in yoga um, to balance my music world energy. Yeah, uh, I mean, I'll talk more to that, um, but the the basic concept of being able to be grounded yet open-minded. So yeah. it's like I force myself these days to have conversations with people I know I'm not going to agree with. Yeah. So like there's a guy at the gym um, who's, <clears throat> you know, violent. Um, he's discussed his violence with me. He's yeah. discussed his um, his attitude towards women, which is abhorrent. Yeah. Um, and... Then he's decided that he's going to share with me about his, you know, crazy um, conspiracy theories about yeah. that every woman is married to the government and, uh, like, we're yeah, getting yeah. out there, right, you know. Yeah. Um, and so but I'm like, you know what, like I need to, like I need to be aware that this, this opinion's out there, mm. you know. It's about that, understanding that it's It's there, about yeah. understanding. And yeah. also, like, where'd you get your information, by the way? Yeah. Like I'm curious to know yeah, how, yeah. You how, you, how, you how you arrived. How did you end up place? like this? Yeah, yeah. Like yeah, you know, how like, did it happen? Yeah, yeah. You know, but but in less less of a judgmental way and, and in more em that's why em I have empath empathy. empathy. That's why I have yeah, empathy for right. people like, you know, who who maybe have opinions that we would think would be not the standard or not. Outliers. We, yeah, outliers yeah. Or, or like against what we would think is is good. It's like I always think to myself, 
How did you get to this stage? Like what happened in your life for Mm. this to be your viewpoint? Like I always think of that. That's right. And I always try and think of that, you know, even when Mm. people are like, you know, when people uh, attack you online or they, or they, you know, or they say something nasty Mm. to you or whatever, or they're mean or bitchy or something. I always Mm. think about that. Like Mm. what happened in your life that made you this way? Cause you're not born like that. No, no. You learn that throughout your life. So it's like, how do you, how do you, how do you do that? Mm. I think it's a good chance to to talk a bit about the yoga. We'll Mm. come back to the music and and that. Mm. Mm. So I didn't know that you were like spiritual into yoga at such such a long time ago. Oh, right. Yeah. Like when you said like with the band in the early twins, I only saw it more recently when yeah, you really, right. you've really gotten into it in the last couple of years and being a teacher and, and, mm. and, you know, doing classes and stuff. Mm. So mm. Um, talk to us a little bit about, you know, how that how you obviously, yeah. So you, you're how, all, you're how into you it. become a yoga? How do you become <laughs> a yogi? <laughs> so, well, yeah. So, so how did it, so you said you were interested in that. From a, a young time. age. Yeah, yeah. yeah so, so this is something was, for your whole life yeah, then. This, is, this has been okay, my- Okay, see, yeah. I didn't know this. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah. So for me, um, I I started doing martial arts when I was about seven. So my dad dragged me to a taekwondo studio because yeah. um, he realized I was getting bullied. Um, there was like, you know, um, you know, I came back from Singapore. I lived in, in, in Singapore for a couple of years. Came oh, back cool. yeah. once with an American accent, came back with a British accent both times. <laughs> yeah. Had the piss be- beaten out of you at school. And it's just like, you know, very racist back in those days. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, all right, cool. So, and because I copped racism when I was in England, uh, in um, Singapore as well, R- super racist place. Um, and as a white guy, we, we'd just cop it. Me and my brother would cop it on the bus and the Indi- bigger Indian boys would always give a shit and, round eye, smell like cheese. Like you'd just be like, fucking hell. Like, you know, yeah, like yeah, it was crazy. Yeah. So anyway, coming back and experiencing that in Australia as well, I was just like, this is all messed up. Just so everywhere you go. You right. Go. I was just like, this is just. Yeah, this I is, can't win. No, I can't I win. Can't but, win. But, but I want to learn to protect myself. So yeah. my dad took me to martial arts and um, I had this amazing trainer, uh, Kusuk Chung, um, and he taught us to meditate. Yeah. So that's at seven. Uh, so that's how it started. That's then. how it started. Yeah, yeah. And so he pretty much saved my life. Um, yeah. And I and I've awesome. I've said this before because um, in my teens, where I started coming undone through heartbreaks and stuff like that, and I'm adopted, so um, oh, really? there was yeah. So there was yeah, a, this yeah. separation anxiety stuff. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah. Which which would come up in around relationship, which okay, would make yes. my yeah. experience of relationship much more um volatile yeah um and i just didn't know why you know so um so then in my teens i got into more meditation to try and solve emotional angst in my late teens um and uh my asana my yoga practice was gymnastics and break dancing so i always had a physical discipline whether it was martial arts gymnastics break break dancing, yeah. did lots of other sport, rowing, soccer, whatever. So just gymnastics you know. quickly, how, how much did you do that? Because like I was heavily into gymnastics. Yeah, me did, too, me too. I did it yeah. for 10 years and yeah, I, yeah. I actually won nationals in uh, oh, 2001 nationals. Oh, cool. for level seven. I, like I wasn't Oh no, that's great. Anyway, but that's still, level you know, seven that's still, still on the way to the Olympics. Still pretty man. good, yeah. yeah. Well, my sister, way better than I ever was, she was at the QAS here and she um, – Oh, wow. She technically – she should have made the London Olympics because mm. she came – uh, fifth, and they take a team of six. Mm. But what they do with gymnastics in the teams events, mm. they take the four like all arounds, and then mm. they took two specialists. Ah, oh, sure. So she got 
ousted because of that. She, yeah, because yeah, she wasn't a specialist on the thing. So yeah. she should have gone to the London Olympics. Uh, she sucks. didn't because of, you know, how, how, how that, they, how they do it. But yeah. she was far better than me. Yeah. So um, Well, I wasn't there. I mean, I, I, I uh, won senior B championships at my school. Um, yeah. Yeah, because they've like, got in in private schools around here. They do like they do gymnastics comps. That's right. Yeah, which is crazy because so, I grew up in Cairns, so there was none of that. None of that. Yeah, no, look, yeah. we we were we were um, we were competing with the state uh, the state guys. We went to state, um, but um, yeah, around about grade eleven, I continued with my gymnastics, but um, that's when the break dancing became like that's more of what, what it is that I'm yeah. into. Yeah. Um, and that took precedence. But that would have helped. Like gymnastics oh, helps, helps so that. So the oh, proprioception man. and just the knowing how your body moves. Yeah, that's works. right. That's right. Same with yoga. Yeah. Like, you yeah. know, like yeah, when yeah. I, I only sort of started, you know, to talk about yoga again, mm. I only started mm. like a couple of years ago and mm. I just got right into it because it mm. reminded me a little bit of gymnastics. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah. then also bringing in the other stuff of the, you know, the – the meditation and the mindfulness mm. and the you know that, that awareness you know, training the awareness yeah, stuff yeah. yeah i i absolutely love yin oh yeah yin yeah, is my favorite um, yeah, of, of all of them you know mm. like um it's good for a balance for somebody who's very like um like driven and very yang energy like exactly yourself. so you yeah. need the balance and like yeah. i struggled with yin when i first got into it because i was so yang oh, um but exactly, then that was yeah. that's where the lesson came like that like the struggle is what gave me so much, uh, like that taught me so much and gave me so much more freedom in my body as well. Yeah, so that's it. Like but, with the yeah. yin, you don't even realize that like when I first started, I was like I got, you know, and I was doing a heap of yoga. Like I was mm. going to like 10 classes a week. Yeah, you right. know what I mean? Like of all different, you know, kinds of classes mm. and stuff. Um, and then like I stopped for a while and then I when I went back to yin and, and did a class, it was like, that one hour, it was like my mind was just kept like, you know what I mean? Like you yeah. just, you can't like not I think. I want to get out of here. You like start thinking about things. Oh, what, I wonder what tomorrow, like, you know, yeah, like you just yeah, get yeah, those, yeah. those thoughts in your mind. And it was, well, no, it's just you're aware of it. You're, you're, like the stillness creates the space for you to notice it. Yeah. And, and then but after start, not doing mm. it for a while and then going back, I was like, oh, this is actually really hard. Like you need to practice yeah. it. Yeah. And, and actually like, you know, do it regularly yeah. to, to do it. It's, it's a, it's a skill. Yeah. But it's also, uh, I mean, they, the yogis call it abhyasana viragya, which is like daily practice with dispassion. Yeah. So it's like, I just do this because that's what I do. Yeah. And I'm not attached to whether I uh, can do a handstand or not, or um, I'm also not trying to replicate the move I did yesterday. It's a continual exploration of the present moment of, yeah. of, what's in my body now and honoring that. Yeah. So when you write in your practice, you might be like halfway through a sequence and then just take child's pose and chill out. Yeah. Because it's just like, not today. Like I yeah, just need yeah. to breathe and be here. Yeah. You know? Um, so, you know, um, yeah, for me, it's always been like up until my twenties, it was like, I stepped in at meditation. So yeah. I wasn't even involved in asana besides yeah. martial arts training. Yeah. Um, and then when I went to Byron Bay in my early 20s, I got right into uh, Kundalini Tantra. So I basically wanted to unravel why my relationships were creating me so much suffering, yes. right? Yeah, yeah. And um, so part of that was like, you know, understanding a new relation to uh, my my sexual self through through tantric practice. Yep. Um, got vegetarian <clears throat> for a good point. You still um, vegetarian now? Was no, much yep. more vegetables than than protein. Yeah. Um, 
and and oscillate time to time. Yeah, yeah. Um, my wife needs uh, needs to be adding me. I'm not blaming her for me not being vegetarian. But, yeah, yeah. Um, but I'm not attached to it or not attached to it. I'm That's okay. What I think, I'm I okay. think it's it's like you know I think it's good to just you know what yeah. your body needs. What your body at needs at a time, point in time. And know? also to be really honest, it's like you know if I'm if I've got the space and the time and I'm doing my vegetarianism right, my body thrives. Yeah. Like I I'm like I rip up and everything's good. You know. Yeah. Uh, so I'm not like. Oh, I don't do it for uh, like more. It's more lifestyle associated yeah. diet um, for me at the moment. But um, but then yeah. So from then uh, during my music world, um, it was it was kind of like I'd do these retreats and detoxes and um, and continue practice very variety of practices: yeah. Japanese yoga, um, hatha, yin, power. Uh, hot yoga, cold yeah. yoga, what like you know? I mean, it was just like whatever was was kind of like in my life at that time. Until about a decade ago, um, it was probably a little bit before that. About twelve years ago, I started getting really serious um, and continue with my practice. Um, and then about seven and a bit years ago, that's when that's when I really dove in. As, as See, a, I as, really yeah. noticed in the last like maybe four or five years after I knew you from the family days and stuff, oh, yeah, more yeah. recently when mm. maybe you've just put it out and you started teaching and doing a lot of that stuff. Yeah, before yeah. then I wasn't I wasn't really making it public. You just you just yeah, practicing. I was just practicing. Practice. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And I've only been teaching for sort of about uh, it's coming up six years now. Um, and so, do you enjoy teaching? Like, yeah, it's, oh, it's, yeah, no, yeah. absolutely. It's really so cool. for me. It's it was, almost like a. Another art form of it is. of emceeing, not mm. emceeing, but mm. it's you know what I mean. Like you're leading the practice, you're engaging. That's it. You know, with all. If that, anybody, yeah. anyone who knows me from my MC world who yeah. comes to my classes is like that, just made heaps of sense. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's yeah. like I don't have to hide who I am to be yogic. Um, yeah. It's like it's an extension of passion and and insight of who I am on a deeper level that I'm sharing with the same vibrance and energy that I would when I'm emceeing. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, if we're talking about yogic energy, you know, the three modes of energy, tamas being the sort of heavy, depressed, um, darker energy, then yep. you've got rajas, which is, you know, Facebook world, exciting, um, passion, yep. where it always crashes. And then we're always aiming towards sattva, which is the mode of goodness. So in that regard, you'll get elements of, of fire that I'll throw in there um, yep. that will remind people of my emceeing world. Um, but then the energy is more engaged in sattva, which is like, you know, insight, intuition, wisdom around body movement. And then also I lace the, uh, the classes with themes as well. Yeah, yeah. So for me, I it's more seeing, like I think Jesse was doing some, um, like yeah, with Kelly, DJ. yeah, he so was that's doing right, like, yeah, like, and it was, you know, he was DJing, but it was, it wasn't like dance music or anything. It was like appropriate, yeah, that's music right. for a yoga class. Yeah, that's right, that's right. And really so I've been asked to do a whole bunch of those. His, uh, his wife is a, um, uh, a, a very well-known yoga teacher. Okay, yeah. yeah. Um, so that's obviously makes total sense. That's that, right. To, so this is a vehicle for together, the, for, yeah. for those guys to express that. Um, I thought that was really cool though. Like that'd yeah. be really awesome to go and, yeah, and see because then you're also getting you're getting the energy and mm. the art form from the instructor, mm. and then mm. you've got a DJ music, that's yeah. giving you you know yeah. another form of art. Yeah. So if on on that on that regard, I, I was asked to do one with Phil Smart. Don't know if you know that guy. Oh, um, he's like him, yeah. one of the 
legends of Australian dance music, but um, we got talking about doing one, you know, in a room about this size, surrounded with like bass bands. This used basically. to be a yoga studio. Oh, there you go. Yeah, because there there's go. a there's a little sign outside that's got like a mobile phone with a like cross through it. It's like yeah, no great. mobile phones in the room. In the room, you know. <laughs> yeah, there you and go. There used to be um like a little like chalkboard thing downstairs. With yeah, them, right. Like, you know, like. Roster, yeah, 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 kind yeah, of like, yeah. yeah. Oh, well, no, yeah. no, no, not a roster. Just like you know, it had like messages of you know, mm. like, messages of you know, like positivity the, the, yeah, positive. Yeah, 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 that's yeah. right. You know what I mean. But so, no, yeah. I've got a, I've got a concept that we were going to debut, and then COVID hit. Yeah. Um, with um Trent uh Cutloose, uh sorry, uh yeah, Cutloose, yeah, Cutloose and, yeah. and myself. So oh, cool. where he does his cut and cut thing, and then I do the yoga. So yeah, he DJ's cool. the tunes and we I do like that. that yeah. And then at the end of it, awesome. you get a little snack, you know? Yeah. So yeah. um, so yeah, look, that's 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 yet to be debuted, but that'll be coming out as well. So cool. announcement. Then, yeah, that's Have right. Have you told anyone about that? Oh, only Trent. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know, but the <laughs> yeah, world. Yeah. You know, no, you no, no, that's, no, we haven't. That's, and, a, that's, um, an, exclusive. that's an exclusive. We've got an exclusive yeah, that's right, right there. That's right. Yeah. And um yeah, and so we were gonna do that at this Equinox outdoor party down at the at the Gold Coast, but it got it got canned. Well, um, if you ever get it going again, definitely. Oh man, because I love to come to that. That'd of course, awesome. it's going to get videoed. Hang yeah. out with you and you and, and Trent, and, Trent, and then, yeah, and then yeah. uh, get to eat yeah. some mad food. And I do know, some right? Yoga. It's like, just it's all makes it's, sense. It's, it's it all makes sense. It's <laughs> like, yeah, these are all things I like to do. Happy days, you know. Yeah. And it'll be outdoors, and um, and yeah. we'll video it, so we'll bring you some footage and stuff yeah, like yeah. that. Um, so yeah, there's all those concepts, and the Wonderlust guys have talked to me about doing a similar MC Yogi uh Type concept yeah. yeah so we'll see once that all sort of opens yeah you gotta up wait again. till covid like i'm devo about like the sydney thing because you know how jesse was meant to come up and mm. play at the new year's, the day. new year's day i'd spoken to him about coming on the podcast and i was ah. so excited so i was like oh it'd be so good to get mm. you know jesse on and, yeah. and have a chat because i've you know like met him a few you know heap of yeah. times when he we used you know used to come up and play and well as of um, monday it's all open again so we'll see what happens well yeah so uh, you know last year i actually planned to go to Sydney and go to Melbourne and mm. for like a week in each city and like record a hit, just, just spend a whole week there yeah. recording just every day recording with people from people. Sydney, yeah, yeah. people from Melbourne and then yeah. be able to release those, but obviously COVID. Um, <laughs> and so then, yeah, yeah I suppose that's, um, yeah. that's on the cards for this year. So I'm hoping to, yeah. to, you know, organize that and get down to Sydney and Melbourne. Well, it certainly changed, people. changed a lot. Like, I mean, for, for a lot of people just on the COVID thing, um, you know, I pretty much lost everything in one big foul swoop. Yeah. Um, no yoga, no um, uh, emceeing. Uh, I have a, a past career in hospitality, can't do restaurants. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and luckily, because I was already planning to move out of studio and create my own online programs. So yeah. it was like the universe going, yeah, here's your chance. So I've just literally... I'm finished all the filming and I'm just fi finishing the editing of my first Another online. announcement. Yeah, this one's another <laughs> announcement uh, for, my, for my yoga um, online course. Cool. So um, when are you, you going to launch that then? Let's tell I've just got to finish. I've got to finish the uh, editing, which should be done in the next couple of days. You said you were doing and some then, editing. Um, yeah, yeah. And then my website for yogicam.com.au is coming up on Monday or Tuesday. It's already there, but the actual content's being uploaded shortly. Um, and... Yeah, so basically I've used that time to teach myself to video edit, um, yep, to perfect. record. I've got all the gear, everything's done. Yep. Um, so it's been a really useful time of upskilling for me um, yep. so that then now Which I is can like kind of – Which is so what you good need. to hear. Oh, it's what you, you know, need. Cause you know, because like so many people I felt when COVID hit, they were just mm. in the dumps. If they were – 
people like yourself mm. or, or DJs particularly mm. who their identity and their mm. purpose is wrapped up mm. in that. Mm. And then all of a sudden that's gone. And mm. so a lot of them got, you know, they're like very down mm. and start drinking, playing video games, not mm. doing anything productive. And I was really, you know, probably went a little bit too far sometimes mm. trying to push people to oh, like find something, try Create. new things, yeah. learn some new skills. Learn like new skills. what are you going to do now? Like, you know, yeah. like we don't know what's going to happen. What can mm. you do now? You can do something now. Mm. Start yeah, learning. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Pick up a new skill, a new hobby, a new mm. something. Like I really pushed that on people. And yeah. sometimes I went too far and, you know. But, yeah, no, no. But, look, you know, like it was it was, it was coming from a good, good place to try yeah. and be like, come on, guys, like, there's a lot of opportunity now, even though, you know, mm. even though it was a lot of lost things that we lost, mm. Mm. there was so much opportunity available mm. because now well, everyone's online and you you've got time. You've got time. That's right. Yeah. Everyone's online. They're in, everyone's mm. eyeballs are in the same space. Mm. Make the most of it. Yeah. And some of the things that you've seen come out, you know, now mm. are incredible. Well, so. now I've, I've transitioned out of yoga studios. Yeah. I do Zoom classes. Um, and I've built a, a private um, private yoga business. Um, I'm also doing life coaching um, and sort of taken my life experience and wrapping it up into um, not just yoga teacher because I kind of yeah. – I, I achieved everything I wanted to achieve just before COVID hit. So yeah. I'd, I taught teacher trainings. I'd achieved my uh, – uh, ERYT 500, which is experienced registered yoga teachers I've done all the hours, the experience, it's yeah. kind of anything you need to open your own school and yeah. then realize the market was saturated and realized yeah. my sustainability was numbered. Um, if I wanted to run around and teach classes and studio for other people's businesses yeah. and um, also not being in a position of wanting to go swimming in a, um, in a crowded market and yeah. also realizing I'm more than just a yoga teacher yeah. and the yoga teaching for me was always just a component uh, to add to my skill set of my kind of opus mentis, my life life's work, which is creating a fully um, uh, organic, holistic approach to artist mentorship. Yes. So it's okay. like, you know, you've got the physical training, you've got the diet, you've got the music and studio stuff, you've got uh, then, you know, life belief, belief system you yep. know, transitions and mindset, and all, mindset, all of that. Yeah, there's stuff. so many things. Yeah. Yeah. It's That's a whole, it. it's the whole, yeah, it's a whole, the package. whole package. That's yeah. right. Yeah. And so now I'm kind of at that point where I've, where I've done that. And now I'm just formatting what I can sell to the world as far as my, my yoga offerings that I've got there um, and re-engaging with the music stuff. And of course the fun police with the, uh, with the I music, which is coming that. out I, of the COVID. I think, so, um, yeah. um, I think there's some really cool stuff that you could do with, Clubhouse, which is a new mm. app that I've been talking about, and we said we, you know, mm. I, I'll talk to you a little bit about it um, yeah, yeah. as well. But um, let's have a quick break, mainly because yeah, yeah, I yeah, need yeah. to go take a piss, <laughs> uh, and then yeah, yeah. Um, we'll come back. And I think we'll talk about maybe Clubhouse and what you're doing now with music mm. and stuff mm. like that, because um, I definitely want to talk about the Fun Police and like yeah, all yeah. the stuff you're doing with Journeyman, and, and, yeah, know, yeah, and cool. all that kind of stuff. So let's have a quick break, and let's we'll come it. right back. See you soon, guys. <laughs> All right, so we're back, guys. Um, we've just uh, had a quick break, and um, you know we're um, 
I mentioned Clubhouse before. Yes, um, yes, yes. Because this could be huge for what you're talking about and what you're mm. doing. Because so Clubhouse for everyone out there who hasn't had a chance to see it yet, it is invite only, so it's it's a little bit difficult to get on at the moment. Um, I will be trying to give out as many invites as I can, but you you get more the more you use it, so mm. and you can give them out. But essentially, what it is, it's a um, it's it's just chat rooms that are audio only. There's no messaging. There's no sharing photos or videos or anything like that. Like you can't message people at all. <laughs> so if you want to, if you want to send someone a message, you have to, you link your Instagrams and that so they can follow you on Instagram and send you a message. Right, that way. right. But the beauty of it is like, I've never been on a social media platform where I've felt so connected instantly and built such strong relationships in such a short time mm. because it's not text messaging it's not you know it's not messaging right. written it's not sharing photos and videos it's actually talking to people mm. so it's kind of like this but not it's a podcast well no it's rooms like chat rooms ah, so the right. best way to describe it is it's like um going to like a seminar or something where you've got like speakers on the stage right so you can have you can you can go into rooms and sometimes it'll have just a couple of speakers and they're giving like information out for everyone else and everyone else is listening mm. They can also bring people up to the stage. So if someone wants to, if they go, oh, is anyone got a question, you know, like you want to ask and yep. people can raise their hand and then they can bring them up to the stage and then they can ask their question and then they can, you know, put them back into the, the audience. Right. Or there's rooms where do they just put everyone on the stage and you mm. just have big conversation amongst yourselves. Yeah, right. Um, and so there's, at the moment, there's like, like there's everything. There's chat rooms for everything. Entrepreneurial stuff. There'd be mm. yoga stuff. There's music production. There's Star Wars. There's comics. There's mm. like anything you can think of. There's but it chat rooms. It for hasn't it. turned into a profiling for people's particular businesses so much. It's more about well, it's there, concept. but it's like it's it's there, it's not, but it's, it's not as in your face. It's more about connecting and sharing, and um, a, a lot of the stuff I've been in, it's um, yeah, like but there's rooms for everything. Yeah. So there's rooms where people are just hanging out, talking. <laughs> it you sounds. Know what I mean? Do you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of like back in the day, Yahoo Chat. Yes. Like exactly. You know like when you were ICQ. Yeah. It was like yeah, it was like stuff. It's yeah, like, you're that, like you got all these voice. rooms. What are we going to talk about? I'm like I don't know. What are we going to do? Hello. Uh, it was the weirdest thing, man. I had a girl that I used to chat with back when the those chat rooms first kicked off, and just turned up on Facebook. Like I'm talking like 10, 15 years ago. Yeah. I was like, hang on a second. I remembered the name. And I was like, did you used to chat in this? I was like, she's like, yeah. And I was like, were you really from America? She's like, yeah. I'm yeah. like, oh, what? Yeah, like, yeah, what? We weren't even pretending to be someone else. That's fucking great. Yeah, like, so it's it's literally like that but mm. with voice. Yeah, right. Not chat. So it's, yeah, it's really interesting. Um, It's, it. yeah, it's really like I've already um, connected with a guy. I've been in a few rooms with him and we've, we've sort of chatted and He's in Nashville and he's a singer mm. and he's like, he have been talking and he said one time, oh, I'd love to come out to Australia sometime. I haven't been there before. And I was like, oh, well, if you come, I've got a recording studio. Like you've mm. got to come through and check it out. And he's like, and, and you know, and I was like, you yeah. can, we can work on some music and that. Yeah, and he's like, great. well, let's just work on some music now. Like, mm. and so I've only been on it since Wednesday, two days, and I've already made a connection with someone in Nashville. To make music. To make music. Yeah, I've great. connected with someone who's, who's a, a – podcaster who's produced over 700 podcasts mm. um you know I, i've cool. connected and and shared with people who want to start a podcast in mm. in australia and stuff mm. like that um i, I connected with a, someone who podcasts here in brisbane that i had never heard of or, or known so just like the potential to 
find and connect with people and build something can you know there's not a lot of people in australia um that are on it at the moment like it's still Mm. pretty fresh over here sounds very exclusive but but it'll keep getting bigger but that's why i'm in now i'm like you're like this is the next facebook motherfuckers but i'm trying to like really go hard on it and really establish myself on it Mm. so once everyone else gets on it's like Hey guys. Yeah, yeah. Come chill. This is what this is how this is how it works. Oh, that's good. Yeah. So yeah, um, cool. I'm really excited about it. Um, and I think the potential for it is massive. I'm gonna mm. start doing a weekly show on there. Um, I did one, I hosted a room yesterday, which was about it said, Why should I start a podcast? Mm. And so it was like, you know, and so people came into the room who were like, and it's like, oh, have you got a podcast or are you thinking of starting one? They're like, oh, I've been thinking of starting one. And it's like, oh, cool. So what are, you, what, like, what are you thinking about? And we just have a chat about like, you know, about that mm. stuff. And I'm actually hosting one at eight o'clock um, after this. Oh, cool. As well. So um, yeah, great. So yeah, they're easy to do and, and it's fun. Link and, me up. Link me up so I can yeah. check it out. Yeah. Yeah. It's invite only. And I've, you only get two invites when you start. And then the more you use the app, you, they give you more. So if you use ah, more and right. you're contributing and doing good stuff, they'll give you more. So yeah. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll, you should be I'll, up to a million pretty soon. Yeah, well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's let's see how it goes. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, really cool. Um, and I would, you know, if anyone out there can get on it from an invite from a friend or something, definitely do, do it. it. Um, and you know, go and and hang out and because like honestly, like I've never had a social media app where I felt so connected to other people on it mm. so quick. Like right. instantly, you know, like it, it almost feels like you're friends straight away, like kind of thing. Cause you're actually talking. It's not this text. It's not, yeah, there's no right. barrier there. It's actually talking. Sure. And a lot of people who maybe don't feel comfortable on camera, you know, you don't have right. the video. So it's, it's right. just the audio. So it's, oh, yeah. That it's, sounds cool. That sounds interesting, man. Yeah. It's really cool. So yeah, nice. um, you'll definitely have to jump on that. But mm. um, let's talk about what you're doing now with, the Fun Police. You've mm. been doing stuff with Journeyman. Mm. What uh, I want to talk about the Fun Police because I, I don't know a lot about what you guys are doing. Yeah. Um, so it's T H A T H A Fun Police because there's a T H E Fun Police. So it's the like as in hip hop. <laughs> you know what? You know what? I I actually reserved uh, like I started all the socials for it mm. before you guys started the Fun Police. The Funk Police. The Funk Police. Because I keep seeing that on my Instagram. I'm like, who's, who's done this? Who's the Funk Police? Yeah, that's me. I started that because yeah, I was like, I was like, funny. that's a cool name, like the Funk Police. Yeah, no, that's right. And when I'm rapping it, sometimes it sounds like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, basically the genesis of that was um, I met Kenny Beeper on New Year's Day um, at the Crafty Cut show. And I was um, I was emceeing for Crafty and, and for Spender and those guys. And um, and then um, <clears throat> he said, oh, let's do a track. So he sent me a tune and it was wicked. It was with Dyslexic from Melbourne, who's an MC out of Melbourne. Um, so we did a collab and released a track and, uh, and it was great. And I was really happy with the process, really easy to work with. And then Snooze and I had connected at the Elements Festival the year before. Yep. Um, and um, he had tried reaching out a few times on socials, but I was really bad at getting back at that time doing other things um and i sort of sh- i rocked up with journeyman about to play and he was on before me and i stuck my head around the corner and he was like oh sure sure and just passed me the mic i was like dude you don't need to ask twice like this, he yeah. plays the dopest breaks and i was yeah, just yeah. like fuck yeah it's like say so, less oh yeah <laughs> i'm like less. just let's do this yeah so um so we started we did a couple of gigs and a couple of recordings and then and during COVID, he was like man is, is there anybody making beats and i was like 
well, you know, we said we were going to do a track together. Do you want me to, do you want me to sort of put the word out? And he was like, yeah. And I was like, cool. Well, first person I was going to ask was Kenny because I was like, yeah, two MCs just did this other thing. I really enjoyed working with him. Um, and um, so, yeah, we pieced all that up together. And that was the first Fun Police track. Yeah. And um, and then, yeah, we sort of did the second track in there in that recording. And then my daughter was like, Dad, you can't release this without a video. It's hilarious. And I was like, yeah, yeah, great idea. So um, I love that you, your daughter's giving you the, oh, man, the she's, advice. How old is your daughter? Well, she's 10 yeah. and she's on the next track. She's yeah. on the next release. She's, yeah, yeah. She's, oh, cool. um, yeah, she's uh, an amazing singer. She's, I saw she's, you gave her a, yeah. um, was it a gold mic or something? That you- I engraved the microphone in, in down the side for her. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Freedom, I called it. Um, yeah, she's um, she's an awesome MC and singer and um, really coming into her own voice and strength and That's cool. creativity. So From yeah. such a young age too. Like- oh, man, she was at the Opera House two years ago, three years ago, you know. Yeah. It's like it took me 10 years to get to the Opera House and I only made it to the forecourt in the first part with Jamiroquai. I was like, God, you know. So anyway, yeah, she's killing it. So, <laughs> so she's yeah, yeah, she's so going to she- be outshining you in, in a few oh, years' time. Uh, without doubt. Like yeah, she's, yeah. yeah. If, well, if she chooses to. Yeah, if she wants if to. If she wants that's to. That's it. You've got to yeah. let them do what they want. No, wow, well, that's right. I'll, everything. I'll support It's not for that. everyone. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so she jumped up on stage at The Last Elements and said a couple of things in the mic and cool. yeah, so it was good. Um, but anyway, yeah, so. Yeah, fun police. Get back. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, so we we're doing this, um, doing this. Uh, we did a couple of gigs and um, and then kind of put our heads together with, well, let's actually turn this into something that's a little bit more than like just the odd random tune. Yeah, and so that's where we came up with the fun police the name, name and, and stuff. Yeah, logo and did all the social. So we kind of set up gear to go, just waiting for COVID to pull its head in and. Um, and then trying to source gigs now. So we're at the release and the, the, the track, the first EP that we released, it was really good. I got um, <clears throat> B-Boy uh, C's to do the artwork. He's like, you know, he owned yeah. one of the owners of Hype Magazine. It's the yeah. world's uh, Southern Hemisphere's biggest graffiti mag. Yeah. So we got like, you know, some really nice um, respectable props on the people that are, that are on the record. Yeah. Some great remixes. And the track went number one in breakbeat and hip hop on Juno. Yeah, um, nice. So we, we we released it. We're only watching the breakbeat chart because I was like, oh, it's listed as breakbeat, and I was like, oh. And I went, oh, we're in the top twenty. We're like, fuck yeah, we're in the top twenty. Yeah, it's always cool. And then it was like, oh no, we're now we're in the top ten. I was like, woo, this is really great. And then Ben Ben goes, oh, have you checked hip hop? And I was like, nah, we were in hip hop. Checked in hip hop. Was like. Number one release, number one single, number two single. I was like, um, guys, <laughs> top the charts in, in, in hip hop as well. I was like, holy fuck. So, you know. So you're um, like, oh, we're going to start taking this seriously. We're yeah, onto something here. Like- we're on. Well, I knew, like, you know, I don't have to. There's, there's a lot of things that, that, that go behind whether something that's done well is going to be successful. Exactly. And, and yeah. I was like, you Having know. Having the hype magazine involved 
Yeah, all in, of those you know, sort of you things. You know, like I don't know. Yeah. Did you get any like? Um, he you know, he, he posted up on he posted up on his Instagram, and yeah, do you yeah. know what I mean? Which all that has sort a good of, following. And yeah, stuff like that. and there's yeah, those and guys. That's, all and that's why that world. collaboration stuff is so great. Yeah, you know, when you can pull pull in people from different areas yeah. who have different talents and different mm. audiences, and then you can really build a fan base from. Yeah, that. that's right. That's right. Yeah. And also, you know, the fact that you know James and his brother Bill have been break dancing in my shows for fucking twenty years. And yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's not like. I'm trying to do it inorganically. It was just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I want those guys to do the art because they're the best that do it. And I want these guys to do the But production. just when it all comes together and works. It's so satisfying. Yeah. And it's satisfying when it comes together with people that you you know and you enjoy. and With your you homies. Respect. And with you your know, homies. With your mates. Yeah, like, pretty you know, much. Like you and you just like. fucking make it work together. That's like, right. That's right. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, now it's kind of just getting the ball rolling again and getting the next releases up and out and, and all yeah. that type of stuff. And. Yeah, I did, the next release, I, I did a, uh, I got my my daughter in the studio when she was up here in yeah. uh, December, um, and then I wrote a verse. And now Luke's going to write a verse, and Ben's re, remade the backing track because I used a Jay Diller track, and and then um, uh, and then the other single, <clears throat> Luke's put a lot of his effort in in writing top lines because he really wanted to give that a crack, and yeah. so um, that's coming together as well. So you know. Um, yeah, like I think big things to come, but it's not it's that thing of like so much pressure. Like I want to make it sustainable. Yeah. Um, it's not like back in the day, man, when I was doing You're trying to timber. make it. Oh, man. Whereas now it's not like you're, you're not necessarily trying to make it. You just. I just want to do it right. So here's the thing. And you love I, it. I, want, I love it. I want to do it exactly right. Yeah. And, um, of course, to the best of our ability. But I want to be able to release it when I want, um, how I want, yeah. with the people I want on it. Um, and I want to I want to perform it at the parties that I want to perform at when I want to. Yeah. That's it. You want to do it all on your terms, basically. Yeah, it's just like I just want to do it when I want to do it in the way that I like to do it. And um, that's it. That's pretty much it. It's, you like know? That, it's like that cliche saying everyone says now, like, you do you. Yeah, well, it's, yeah, it's that. You do you. But it's you also, do you, you know what I mean? But it's just like you're yeah. going to do it how you're going to do it. And it's yeah, like, that's right. And it's not and like. you'll enjoy the process. It's yeah. not necessarily a, it, like the success is great. And yeah. The, you know, all that stuff. But mm. is that how you feel? It's like it's about the process mm. and doing it in the way it's you the want enjoy, to do it. It's enjoying it's that. Enjoying the process because yeah. I spent so long especially in my 30s, I spent a lot of my energy pushing myself so hard that I didn't enjoy the process. Yeah. Like I loved what I was doing. I loved the music. That's not, that's not hard. Mm. Like that's not, the, that's not what I mean. What I'm saying is I pushed myself so hard um, to be successful that I was always discontent, irritable. Yeah. But then I was also, and this is a good segue into this stuff, um, I was also uh, suffering from uh, the, the the traits of what I would later find out would be addiction. Yeah. And I didn't know that. Yes. Um, I just thought it was normal. Yeah. And um, so in hindsight, I did really enjoy and love what I was doing, but that was being robbed from me yeah. by the pursuit of um, of alcohol primarily. Yeah. So, yeah, this one's- So let's uh, talk about, if you guys haven't noticed- Kombucha. Kombucha. Yeah, Ken's been drinking kombucha uh, <laughs> all day, which 
technically is slightly alcoholic. No, isn't it? no, it's no, like zero point zero 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 one percent. No, look, the ones that no. I get, the ones that I get aren't. And, okay, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, if you get the the dodgy brands, which I don't buy, the ones yeah. that are really super homemade, yeah, that can make you pissed. Yeah, but yeah, um, but yeah no, I, 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 I haven't had a, uh, haven't had a drink in nearly seven. Nearly seven years. Yeah. So uh, let's talk about that because, yeah, yeah. like, I, you know, when I like, I knew you weren't drinking, um, you know, before I yeah. asked you to come onto the yeah, show, yeah. Um, yeah. which is still fine. It's still a beer with. Yeah, I'm still right. having a beer with yeah. you, so it's <laughs> and so I it's still care. the name still works. So that's right. Yeah. Um, and you know, and I definitely cleared it with Cam to say, mm. do you mind if I drink? Oh on yeah, the podcast. And you you know, know because like, I don't want to be disrespectful. You know, like no, some no, people, I, and I ain't that guy. Yeah, I, yeah. I but some people, guy. you know what I mean. Some people, some people they are young and no, that's it. right. They're, they're yeah. early in recovery. Yeah, and um, so early in recovery, that's um, that 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 can be difficult for some people. So how sure. did how did you realize this? Recognize this? How mm. did it happen? So um, that, literally, yeah. um, so it's it's a progressive disease. Firstly, I'll say yeah. that. Um. And it's a slow burner yep. for a lot of people. It was for me because I I always had a very high emphasis on fitness and um, and of course had my yoga world. And it was also very much um, achievement uh, success driven. Yep. So you know, at the point where I um, gave up, you wouldn't know that I was an alcoholic by looking at me. Like I had the twelve pack and yeah. Oh, big yeah, muscles. Oh yeah, yeah. But like and- physically, you weren't. Yeah, because you would you would balance it out with the. Oh, that's what I always stuff. used to do. Oh, yeah. it's all balance, man. It's all about yeah. balance. It's like, yeah, it, it's a, you know, it is for some people. Yeah. Um, but what I uh, okay, so um, so I had a a, a career in hospitality, and so I'd worked lots of fine dining, <clears throat> um, justified my drinking because it was very expensive and it was very good. I learned a lot about it. So um, started walking down the sommelier path, yeah, um, yeah. had done a lot of wine guy duties, yeah. um, worked in three-hatted restaurants and, you know, I have a very solid career in hospitality. Yeah, yeah. Part of that is how much can you drink, party, et cetera, carry on. So anyway, which then is also part of the music, part of the music industry and the dance music and That's the rave right. and yeah. Well, so the raving, yeah. interestingly enough, I chose that because there was no alcohol. Yeah, because so it wasn't for, back then. Yeah, yeah, so for me, and you go to the Doofs and you go to Elements and stuff, people BYO, but there's nothing on sale. So for me, um, it was about the music and the dancing. This yeah. this why I went there essentially and. And that's remained for me, yeah. and if not uh, more passionate. You've now. always had that love for it from before yeah. you got into. But the I was concerned when I gave up. When I gave up, a lot of people give up, and then they just lose it. And I'm like, no. If anything, it's deepened my conviction, yeah. but also deepened my appreciation and gratitude for it. So, um, so I'm lucky. Um, but anyway, uh, it kind of. So that addiction just kind of built, right, and. Um, and then with a lot of touring, I managed to perform a lot sober because um, yeah. I made that dedication. When I started getting paid good money, I was like, yeah. oh, look, this is just what I, so, is what I yeah. got to do, you know? Um, and, and, I, and, and I when ran you drink, that. like, sorry to interrupt, but like as an MC, your voice, vocal cords. Changes. Like, yeah, yeah. So like I, we've had some artists in here and they mm. were like a bit nervous and stuff. And then mm. and they're like, oh, and they're like, oh, maybe I'll just go get, mm. you know, I'll get a little thing of like mm. some, just have a little drink and stuff mm. to – to loosen up a bit mm. and be a bit more like confident and stuff mm. like that. But what they don't realize is your vocal cords relax and your range drops. You know, yeah, you, that's you can't right. hit as high a notes because your vocal cords Look, relax. Look, I mean, I, I did learn 
the techniques of being able to in a, in any conditions deliver. That's and it. If you so, practice it, yeah, and you practice yeah, it, and then you, you create sub personas within that yeah, world. And you understand what yeah. you've got to do and how you've got to be. <clears throat> what you got to do. Do yeah. it differently to manage yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. So I spent a lot of time managing it, yeah. and um, I got good at managing it. Yeah, and um, and then I'd do it sober, not sober. Um, you know, back in the the late nineties, mid nineties, like you know, like it was surprising that I lived, but uh, I lived. Um, and then of course I had that recovery time um and then came back into it um and always you know my battle with it was i thought that i was it was a problem with willpower and so it was explained to me um later on they said oh look you know did you ever have a problem finding a drink and i was like uh pretty much in the middle of a desert with no money or cell reception i could provide booze at any hour of the day yeah. and they were like see and i'm like yeah i just have this special skill like yeah. you know what i mean it's like <laughs> it's like skill. it's like i could go i could go and perform at the great northern hotel and i'd know that there'd be half a carton for the band and i'd be like shout oh, out to the great northern I'll up be, in council i'll be back yeah. in a minute and i go and MC at la la land and come yeah. back with a bag of pizzas and a bag of wine and booze and yeah. and they'd be like how'd you do it i'm like i just MC'd for free because it's gonna bring you guys more party you know yeah, like yeah. so like it wasn't willpower um so i just didn't understand there? it was well it was always there and um and what i didn't realize is that i have uh the disease that other people don't have so when i drink alcohol it turns into acetone acetone is nail polish remover yeah um and it doesn't break down like carbohydrate yeah like it will in someone else's body yeah so when they drink it turns into carbohydrate and goes straight through the system yeah. when i drink it turns to acetone creates craving which creates an instability in the mind and the body okay, so yeah. for me i managed that um and what i said i was a functioning alcoholic functioning drinker yeah um you know, didn't live underneath a bus stop, didn't lose teeth from a. So, is this like know. drinking every day kind of thing? You were, yeah, doing? of course. Yeah. I mean, yeah. working in inner city restaurants in Sydney and, yeah. you know, working in fine dining restaurants. Yes, most certainly. Yeah. You know, um, and I think that's important for people to understand that it's like, mm. you know, when it gets to that everyday kind of a thing. It's, no, it's but okay. It doesn't have to be like No, that, that's right. So, yeah, look, I, look the, yeah. the thing that I'll say um, that can differentiate is. When you start drinking, can you stop? Yeah. And when you know you have to stop, can you stop? Yeah. So See, I'm big those, on, I'm big on that. Two like, things, you know, I have two- to be very conscious of this yeah, because my right. podcast and my brand yeah, yeah. is around drinking beer, like a yeah. beer with. So yeah, but you can I'm always, very conscious of that's that. That's just the name of it. Yeah, It yeah, can yeah. always change. No, yeah. no, no, but I'm very conscious <laughs> of it to not, you know, get too caught up in that. Yeah, that's and right. And while I do like to drink beer and stuff yeah. like that, there's times where people go, you know, we're, we're at the, you know, just last Sunday yeah. I had a drink there and someone goes, you know, they, they do the old, you know, oh, cheers, I'll meet you at the bottom, you know, like, we'll skull it. And I was like, nah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, that's my superpower is to be able to mm. say no to yeah. peer pressure yeah, and yeah. all that, you know, yeah, when yeah. people are like, yeah. I'm like, nah, I don't really feel like that. Mm. And then I always use the excuse mm. of, cause like in, in the, the music industry, the dance mm. music industry now, I'm a little bit older than a lot of people. And I always used to, I've said, I always just say, I've had, you know, 
I've had more benders than you've had hot dinners. Yeah. So um, when you're on, when you when you catch up to where I'm at, then you can you know yeah. try and peer pressure me. So yeah. I, I'm very conscious of that that mm. I can't let it you know. And but the thing about it is, and it's intro, and it's individual for everyone. Yes, so I'm like, if it's not a problem, it's not a problem. Yeah. Like who cares, right? Yeah. Um, and I will sit with my friends and champion them on. I'm certainly I don't care. Yeah. Um, when I'm bored, I can drive home. Happy yeah. days. These are good things. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You, know? um, yeah, you don't need but, a designated driver. Or yeah, no, that's you right. Don't have to. You don't have to pay yeah. for Ubers or anything. Yeah, like that. that's yeah. right. So, but for me, it was it was more of a thing of like, there's a like I've done all the spiritual work, I've done the self development, I've seen yeah. the gurus, I've been, I've done all the the diet. Like, I mean, why is it not working? Why is it like I'd have like six months break completely sober? And then go back on, it'll be back at the same place. Yeah. And there was this sense of unmanageability that was coming into my life. So I kind yeah. of I woke up one night, um, partner and said that she wanted me to move out. Yeah. Uh, partner in my record label took off with 50 grand. Still don't know where he is in the world. Um, <laughs> like totally shout out if you see this. Chad, like wow. Chad, wow. Um, like, yeah, yeah. Wow. Well, um, and dog then, act, but and then I hope my, you're doing um, well though, Chad. I yeah, hope yeah. You, I and hope then my and then my my uh, my, my job um, that was supposed to be my tree change out of the industry, yeah. um, they they stopped, and that all happened in one week. And then uh, so that was the beginning for me. I was like, yeah, there's this sense of unmanageability going on in my life, yeah. and and it feels like there's an impending doom. And I was like, I can't shake it. And there were things that like I'd gone through some pretty heavy trauma, yeah. right? So when I um when I came back to Brisbane, I went, like, I'm just gonna go and do a rehab. I didn't I didn't so have you a problem. Did the whole, the whole, yeah, that's like right. Proper full. Yeah, like, that's rehab right. That's thing. right. Yeah. So because I wanted to know the science of what it was that I was facing, right? Yeah. Um, so I could so I was sober yeah. and I had no problem staying sober. Yeah. So this is what people don't understand. They think it's like oh, if I'm around and I see a drink, I'm going to run over and drink it. It's like, no, that's not my disease. Yeah. My disease is if I start, I don't yeah. want to stop. Yeah. And and when I want to stop, I find it hard. Yeah. So um, for me, it's that thing of going, um, I, I want this impending doom feeling or this gray cloud to go away. And so yeah. when I put the plug in the jug, as they say, like a lot of my uh, mental issues just disappeared. Yeah. Like that anxiety went. Yeah. Um, I could see things a lot more clearly as I were. Yeah. I did a, uh, so I went into, I did the rehab thing and that was awesome because I met people in there that didn't know why they were there. Yes. Like, and they yeah. were like, well, I don't know why I'm here, mate. Oh, like my wife put me here. Oh, what? And I'm like, dude, it's a drug and alcohol rehab. I'm yeah. pretty sure we're here for drugs and alcohol. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm what do you sure, reckon? Yeah. You know? Yeah, and yeah. they're like, oh, bullshit, mate. I don't, I don't, I don't know. have a problem. Oh, I'm going to go yeah. and have a six pack. And I'm like, yeah, that, that's understandable if you're an addict, right? Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. So um, anyway, it was good to be there because I was like, wow, this is what denial looks like. And it was right yeah, in my face. To be able to and there was tons of people in there on Oxycontin. Yeah, yeah. And so back painkillers, right? <sighs> and Terrible. Yeah, but they didn't know. They woke up in rehab. I, how did I yeah. get here? I'm like, what? And they're like, no, like I've literally lost six months of my life. Yeah, I don't know what's been happening. Don't yeah. know what's happened. Yeah. Like I started taking these from my back and I've lost six months. 
So that's a plague at the moment. But anyway, yeah. Um, so I did that. I found out about the science of it and went, great. There's this thing called neural adaptation, which explained to me the idea of why people like Robin Williams has got like 15 years sober, picks up a drink, goes straight back to a bottle of scotch and suicides, right? Yeah. It's like this is neural adaptation. There's a pathway carved in the brain that happens with alcohol and cocaine. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't go a away. Heap of other drugs nope. as well. No, only those two. Only those two. Okay. Um, so what about things like meth and like they talked ice about the whole stuff? thing. Yeah. The whole thing. Yeah. It's like you will wean on and wean off some stuff, but alcohol and cocaine, this pathway that's burnt through your neural pathways, yeah. is like straight back to the beginning, right? So you you go so straight I was back like, to where you were, to yeah. where you were, or worse. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I don't need worse because like kind yeah. of they call it the putting on the on the on the brake and everything in the back of the car slides into you and I was yeah. like right like things are a bit of a mess right now I really yeah. need to sort this out yeah um so then I got into uh recovery when after that um did my uh did my 12 steps um and like had my life completely changed um, for the better obviously yeah yeah, yeah. like total transformation yeah so I can't speak more highly of that particular process of self-awareness. And you know what? The people that aren't alcoholics who's, who have unmanageability in their life, I look at them and I'm just like, I just, I feel sorry you're not an alcoholic because I don't know how I got lucky to get the golden ticket because yeah. I tell you what, my life has changed significantly for the yeah. better. Um, it's what they call, uh, like, I mean, a lot of people go, oh, you know, it's a Christian fellowship or it's a religious thing. or And it's like, yeah, that was me too. Um, but because the word God appears, but then when I got in there and I heard all these old timers going, oh, I don't believe in any of that shit, but I believe in you group of drunks, you keep me sober. Yeah. And I was like, ah, oh, right. And then I realized I had a problem with language. Yeah. I, I just hadn't actually explored my own relationship with what words could mean. Yeah. Um, and because I did that, I was lucky enough to get it and recover. And not only that, then the God job, I call it, or the universal synchronicity, if I'm going to use wanky spiritual words, yeah. um, was that basically my yoga teacher just basically said to me as we were um, in the gym one day, he was like, oh, we're teaching teachers. Do you want to learn? And I went, I've always wanted to be a yoga teacher. And at that stage, my doctor said, you're not going back to hospitality. And I was like, right, so I'm unemployed and i got nothing. Fuck, yeah. what do I do? You know, what do I do? So I went and studied. I did a Cert for training and assessment. You know, when you're in recovery, you suddenly got all this energy. So yeah. I just like got all these certificates and like studied heaps and got super fit. And I was like, I'm really good. Like, fuck, I've got all this time. It's like, yeah, yeah, because yeah, you're not drinking. A yeah, because you're not drinking. So, yeah, yeah. so you're good, you yeah. know. So anyway, um, and then my job placement, they just had money for like to put towards. So my yoga teacher training, which should have been like six grand, was like next to nothing. Yeah. And I came out of the yoga teacher training and walked straight into 20 classes a week. It was yeah. like the universe was like, cool, now you've got it. Yeah. Now you get what we've been trying to tell you all the yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. Now you have that. Yeah, you yeah. actually have something that you can hand back to other people yeah. that can help them when they're lost and their life is fucked and they don't know what to do. Yeah. Um, 
And that's where, you know, Russell Brand's got this great book called Recovery on it. I don't yeah, know if you've I've, heard I've the book. I've listened to a lot of it's Russell hilarious. Brand, like on podcasts. I haven't yeah, listened yeah. to the book, but I've seen him on Rogan. Yeah, Joe it's Rogan great. And heaps of podcasts. And he, you know, he just simplifies it because there's a lot of old gets language. Out there and he goes, you know, he's, you know, he's a, he's a, he's a wacky guy and like mm. he, you know, and he, he gets, but he gets very spiritual and into all that yeah, kind yeah. of stuff about yeah, yeah. recovery. Cause it saved um, his life. Cause literally, I, I was, love listening you know, to him cause he's like, he's so eccentric and, but he's also got, Humility Knowledge and mm. and wisdom mm. um, from his experiences and mm. and, and stuff like that. So mm. I like yeah, I, and and enough self observation that it's not coming from ego. It's yes. like he's he's yeah. acutely aware of his dysfunction. Yeah, um, and that's and that's what recovery will do for you. Yeah, it's like here you are as you are, and this is this is what you know the biggest one of the biggest gifts of um, besides sobriety, which is easy. Sobriety's not a problem. Mm. So when I came back to Brisbane, I was like, yeah, sobriety's not a problem for me. What is a problem is staying very content and happy and well. Yeah. So how do I do that yep. um, and sobriety? So that's that was for me. Um, that's where I got into it. And um, and I'd like, you know, literally I have, I have no cravings. I don't care if my friends part. Like I'm not a. There's no attachment. It's neither good or bad anymore for me. Yeah. yeah. It's just not for me. It's just how it is. It's just how it is. Yeah. And I'm like, whatever. Yeah. I, like, but but the the wisdom that I've gained put through the, effort the in to, yeah, to, and you've to got to train yourself, and, and to, you got to work to through. It, yeah. the, you got to go through the process. Yeah. And um, who fucking knows what's on the other side? But that's the exciting part. Um, is that some stuff's going to be removed that you've been struggling with your whole life. Yep. For me, it was people-pleasing. Yep. People-pleasing got removed out because it was just like, nah. Like that got exacerbated with hospitality and yep. it got replaced with if there's respect, I can have this, I can have this interaction. Yep. If, if my self-respect is being infringed by our relationship, yep. I can't do it. Yeah, and that's distanced me from a lot of people in the music industry. Yeah, because I was like, "Oh, you loved it when you could pick on me and piss on me and uh, treat me like shit." And now that I don't take that, you don't know how to interact. Yeah, because I won't have it. Right. And it's not about me being—I don't even need to set my boundaries. Yeah, it's just energetically we just don't meet. Yeah, it's like yeah, I don't—I just don't allow that in my so life. And you're like, well, I'm not going to. I'm not going to allow it in my life. I'm not going to spend time invested in chasing you or talking to you or whatever. If we're not, if if it's not going to serve my purpose. Well, no, it's not, it's not selfish like that. It's, it's, it's the, if it doesn't, um, have a mutual respect as yeah, its yeah. basis. What I mean by serve my purpose is like for my life that I'm trying to do and trying to live. For the life that I, I, that I, I will live. That I will live. Yeah, yeah. That I am that, living. Yeah, that I am yeah, living. That I don't want to – that's not something I want part of my life. That's correct. So that's you know correct. I mean? Like it's not, a, it's not yeah. an ego thing of like no, oh, no, I'm not no. a part of you. But no, it's but like, it yeah. used to be. And, and yeah. I used to have that struggle. Um, uh, like I used to get – like, like as I was saying before, like I had a lot of my life where there was this overwhelming sense of foreboding or discontent that I yeah. just couldn't quite shake. Yeah. And I would have to manage the shit out of it, meditate for hours, heaps of yoga, walks in the park, go to the gym, yeah. fuck, get my shit together, you know, come back from work, um, like from tour, feeling like I've been spat out a shotgun. But it's like, I don't get that anymore. It's just a middle way that's generally mostly content. Can I tell you what I think that what I've found for myself mm. is the thing that, that, you know, like that does it is like success to me is no longer the big things, the things that happen, like that, what people think of success. Success to me is progression, which mm. is 
the praxis of actually, you know, doing, enjoying the Growing. process. Yeah, that's The right. process is mm. what I enjoy. Mm. Like mm. I, I enjoy it that I'm, you know, I've gone on this journey of podcasting and I enjoy mm. it that I've got a long way to go and to mm. get better and to grow mm. it and to do more mm. things. Like I actually enjoy mm. that process more mm. than the, you know, people going, oh, I love your podcast. Like that. It's like, oh, that's that's like I really do appreciate that mm. that you guys love but it. But I'm not doing it for that reason. But that's not the yeah. the you telling me the that isn't the reason yeah. I'm doing it. Yeah, I love right. actually this. What we're doing, you and me sitting yeah, here yeah, right yeah, now, yeah. I love this more than people saying they love the podcast or yeah, people yeah. listening or yeah, watching. Yeah. Like this is, yeah. you know, this is so fun to do. Mm. And, mm. Um, mm. you know, like I love that process and mm. I think that's, a big wake up call for people. And that's what you've said. Well, that's the yoga recently. wisdom as well that it's I heard the in the, yeah. it's, it's progress, not perfection. Yes. And it's like, if I, if I, yeah. and, and even if it's like, even if I'm just facing North and I'm not moving, then that's okay. Some days. Yeah. And I'm not going to beat myself up because there's going to be days like that. Yeah. And there's going to be days where I, where I plug in my computer and I ring Apple care and fucking I get kicked off the phone 500 times. The computer doesn't work. It, and you know, like, yeah. It's not going to work. Yeah. Like there's just days like that. Yeah. So I, I'm cool with that now. Whereas before I'd get to the end of the, end of the day and be like, right, I'm going to get smashed. You know, yeah, it's like yeah, yeah, I yeah. deserve a reward. Yeah, and it's yeah. like my reward now is like I get to go to bed cyber with my wife and watch a movie and have good connection and wake up the next day and teach and feel useful. And that's actually, there was, there was something that popped into my mind. It's a good time to mention it. Yeah. Um, you spoke of purpose as well. And yeah. I think there's this real elusive um, magic surrounding purpose. And, um, and, and there's a book called a man's search for meaning by Victor E. Frankel, oh, awesome. um, which is, which is a winner. Um, is there an audio book of it? Yes, there is. I'm, and it's I'm on, big on audio And it's on YouTube. Man. Yeah. Yeah. I'm big um, on audio books. And it's I've cool. got audible and all that. So I'll be definitely, yeah, I'll yeah. get that name off you and I'll look that up. And yeah, absolutely. To that. I'll and be listening to that at work on Monday morning. Yes. Yeah. And, um, and I did, uh, it was part of the the recommended reading on a workshop I did called Being of Purpose, which was a power living yeah. yoga retreat. Yeah. And I've assimilated a bunch of the stuff there. And that's part of my, um, uh, part of the training that I do when I mentor people as well. Because it's a really simple fucking process. Yeah. And like people go, oh, it's a, you know, oh, well, you know, what am I here for? It's like, what do you choose to be here for? Yeah, yeah. And the thing is, that's the that's the big the big clincher is that there's inner purpose, there's outer purpose, and then there's also um, there's your innate gifts. Yeah. And so they're what all you're actually they're, good at like yeah, just and your like, talents. But or there's your a skills. there's a there's a yeah there's a skill there's a there's a there's a jai skill. I would like I'm I'm. Like my my primary gift is is connection. Doesn't yeah. matter if I'm in yoga, music, hospitality, yeah. in the middle of the desert. Like my my innate skill that I do as being Cameron in the world is I connect people with each other and and with themselves. Yeah, that's that's just something that I naturally do yeah. without trying to do it. Yeah, and so you've got those skills as well. Exactly. I was and- going to say that sounds exactly like how I feel. Like yeah. I'm. I'm, you know, yeah, I, li- I like to connect with mm. people and talk mm. to people and that's why I like to go out and be a part of the music mm. scene and meet new people. Mm. Like, you know, a lot of people say oh, they need friends to go out with, mm. to go out clubbing or whatever. You to go to the friends. Pub. Come meet friends. I go out by my, like, guys, I go out by myself <laughs> almost always. Yeah. Um, and it's because I know a lot of people in the scene so I've got people I can go mm. and hang with. But And you're a guy. 
That's the other thing. That's another thing. Like, like, I, got, I understand yeah. it's different yeah. for girls as yeah, well. Like I do it's, get yeah, that. Yeah. Um, it's a different. It's a different. But it world. is a wonderful thing to be able to do, and I've done it most of my life as well. Yeah, and, it, and because it, I can just go yeah. and meet some people and go, "Hey, guys!" Yeah. Like you know, and just talk to them. And, yeah, and yeah. Because I'm actually interested in meeting them and learning about them. Mm. It's not you know, it's not like a mm. trying to meet people to grow influence. my fan base yeah, or influence. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, actually yeah. because I actually like meeting out new with people, people. And, yeah, that's right. and finding out what they're about, mm. you know, and mm. that's why this podcast thing has been so good to, to start mm. doing is because I get to do that every week with other people like mm. yourself or, mm. or artists who are motivated, passionate, mm. you know, mm. people who actually, you know, are, are doing things. You know, yeah, they always say right. surround yourself with motivated, passionate people. Yeah, that's right. That's and right. This lets me do it every week. Yeah, it's so great, man. It's, it's amazing. It's a win-win. It's, and yeah. it was one of those things. Like for me, the gift of one of the gifts of recovery was this this yoga teaching thing to put me in an environment where I could be useful to other people beyond like the music industry is just so important to me as a vehicle to express, you know, true, deep, honest parts of myself. Yep. Um, in joy and celebration yeah. of this wonderful fucking amazing music. Music, music connects everyone, you know. <laughs> yeah, like it's, that's right. it's a universal thing. Like there's mm. there are people who don't like music, but it's very rare that you'll ever find anyone yeah. who says, oh, I don't actually like music. Like mm. they'll have something, some kind of music they like. Yeah, yeah. Know? Yeah. But the, like it's really important for me. But what I found was as a um as a practicing addict, um, the isolation that I would feel Alone in hotel rooms, alone on planes. Yeah. Uh, That's that tour life. It's a tour life, man. Life. And for me, um, like I'll be okay to do it now, but yeah. but because it's taken you, a process. Yeah. And 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 it's also that thing of um yeah, being useful for for other people and connecting with other people, it's kind of it's put puts me in my happy space. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And also, like we're not supposed to life it alone. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like that that sort of yeah. nuclear family illusion um, yeah. is one of the main reasons we have so much mental health issues. You yeah. know, it's just like the the, the disintegration of society. Um, and I wrote about it in one of the one of the songs, um, Silicon Soul, that uh, Kid Kenobi and I released. Went yeah. way under the radar. Super awesome track. Never got Go enough check it out, guys. Go cool. check it out. It's um, fucking great. On um, the video on the YouTube, we'll put the link here. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's it. That's it's it. on YouTube. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm sure there's a link somewhere yeah, on, yeah, YouTube. It's on YouTube. There's like a YouTube yeah, and stuff. Yeah, right. we'll put it here. Mm. Uh, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, and, yeah. But the the idea that this it's just this this fractured disconnection that's happened in our society. Um, and now what we're looking at is the symptoms. Alcoholism, mental health, anxiety, depression, yeah. um, anger, violence, um, like the, 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 the division, the between, division, this polarizing, yeah, polarizing effect yeah. that's happening out there. Um, it's, you know, it's of our own doing. And the reality is we like, I know it's, it's not morbid. It's factual. COVID has connected this whole fucking planet. Look, yeah. you're all connected. You are one humanity, like it or not. Yeah. Oh no, it's separate. We're different. We're going to different yeah. country. Yeah, and like as a friend of mine in Berlin said, yeah, well, you're lucky in Australia because COVID just walked across the border here. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, we're all connected, and I think that's. But the, we are very lucky as well because it's like you we're can't, super lucky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. and yeah. I've said, and that's like that. I feel like Clubhouse. That to mm. bring it back to that is that mm. that connection. Like it almost feels like mm. it's 
that next thing to to bring that connection mm. back. Um, and speaking to people over in the states and and the UK, I spoke to a. I just went into a guy's room. It was just him. No one was in there. It was a UK, uh, like a mobile event DJ and just talking to him about what's going on over there in their mm. scene and, mm. and then telling him what's going on here and then speaking to people in the States and stuff. And man, people do not understand how lucky we have it here. Yeah, it's crazy. Like it is actually like when mm. I see people whinging about not being able to dance at clubs, I actually just feel like they mm. sound like, little whinging teenagers oh that's one of the one of the great things that sam cutler put up on like they just sound like little whinging teenagers you don't understand how bad other countries have it yeah it's crazy like they're like yeah they they can't go and do anything and you're Mm. whinging that you can't dance you can go and see people and have genuine Mm. human connection Mm. one-on-one they can't do that Mm. like yeah that's right that's right and And, and it's like i'm super i'm so grateful um mm. for what's you know happened here and and you mm. know myself as well i work for the government at a school mm. so i'm you know i am i recognize that i've been super super lucky mm. and blessed in this mm. this this pandemic so mm. Mm. um and also that's why like, i'm trying to give back as much yeah. as i can you know like and try and help people and like mm. you know i i often um if i see people who are struggling i try and help them and, and then i check in with them Mm. And I hold them accountable. I'm like, you said mm. you were going to do this. Have you done it? And they're like, mm. I haven't. I'm like, so what are you going to do tomorrow? And yeah. they're, they're, you know. Well, there's a great saying in AA. They say, um, you know, you can carry the message, but you can't carry the alcoholic. And that's yeah. that's the that's the other thing. It's you like can people lead a horse got a, to water can't make can't a drink. Make a it's, drink. A, it's the same thing. It's like yeah. I, I spent I spent a lot of years in the music industry trying to convince people of their talent or convince people of their abilities or you know, it's like you either want this and you're going to do the steps, you know, um, or you find another way to do it. If you really can't do it, don't want to do it, pay someone. Like, yeah. do you know what I mean? But don't sort of whinge about what's not accessible to you if you're not going to do the hard work to get it. But know? sometimes, like, I feel like sometimes it's like self-doubt is a big thing with people. Can, well, that's days. limiting belief systems. Exactly. So, yeah, and, yeah. And, yeah. That's, and we're, we all got we've them. Needed, we need to do another podcast because mm. I feel like um, we could just talk for hours mm. about this kind of stuff because oh, yeah, yeah, I'm should. huge into this as well. So yeah, I, cool. I think you're going to have to come back on again. Oh, it sounds um, great, and dude. We'll, we'll do yeah. another one. And um, I'll, tell, I'll tell you all about the like the guy who invented all the limiting belief system transition perfect. stuff who's perfect. my mentor who's still alive perfect. and he does all these workshops over he's who, like who 85 it? john nutting okay cool and so he took <clears throat> what was basically a uh, a live workshop only transformation process yeah. and he was the first guy to document it and put it into written form and so i'm i um i like i'm i'm learned through him how to facilitate it yeah, and so nice. this is part of my, you know, one of the offerings that I have there. But but he's a guy. He's the guy. And he's worked with everyone. He's worked with yeah. all of the hot names in psychotherapy all over the world, the biggest awesome. names yeah. in self-transformation, self-help. He's the guy. And he's still alive. And he does these amazing workshops. And he's just um lovely dude, super generous. But, yeah, no, we've got lots to talk about Yeah, on yeah. I, I've yeah. got to connect you with the Metaminds guys. They've got a podcast, two guys, and it's like Metaminds. It's like relentless self-development. Great. You would like their whole thing is about breaking down limiting beliefs. So you would mm. totally, you mm. guys would just get on so well. Mm. So um, I'll link you with those guys. And you, Sounds good. Because they're looking for some podcast guests and stuff. So you'll, and you'll just, it'll, you know, it'll be like a house on fire. You guys would, <laughs> you guys get on really well because yeah, they're yeah. all about that. Um, but thanks for coming on, man. Um, thanks, dude. 
I've wanted to do this for a while and I think we've got to do yeah. another one because there's so much stuff that we've got to cover. Um, yeah, it sounds great. Outside stuff. There's things we haven't probably even touched on. Yeah, and I'd love to give you some links for um for the new journeyman mix and Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll we'll put up so how do we how do we find you and your social media, how do we find you on you know, uh, Facebook, so, Twitter, like Instagram, Twitter, yeah, yeah. whatever you're um, on? How so, do we find you? Or is there uh, a website we can go to that yeah, links there it all? Uh, yeah, there is. Um, so my mcshawshock.com, yeah. um, that'll, like, it's got all your socials links on there. Yeah. Um, and it's mcshawshock, like the microphone, yeah. S-H-O-C-K. On Instagram as well. You did as that on, on purpose because it was like short. The microphone. Oh, yeah, 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 that's yeah, right. Because yeah, exactly. I bit MC. a microphone and shocked myself is right. how it happened. That's for the next podcast. Yeah, that's We're right. Talk about that. <laughs> and uh, then yeah. um, yogicam.com.au. Yeah. Not yogicams. You will end up on a nefarious, there will be naked ladies. Do not go to that site. Yeah. Yogicam. Or do if that's what you're yeah, into. if you're into that. If you're into that, go to that site too. But I told one of my mentors who's like, uh, like super – like, you know, very restrained yogi guy. Yeah. And he was like, at four o'clock in the morning, this is not what I wanted to yeah. see. I was like, I'm sorry I've broken your sattvic meditation. Um, you needed to drop the S. So it's yeah. Yogi Cam yeah. um, on uh, Yogi Cam Brown on Instagram yeah. and Yogi Cam on YouTube, Facebook um, and yogicam.com.au website should be up on Monday, let's hope. Awesome. Mm. Well, I'll I'll make sure I've got all the links in the description yeah, below thanks, and right. all that kind of stuff. But yes. um, yeah, thanks for coming on, man. I Pleasure. really appreciate it. I you know first guest of twenty twenty one. So um, I'm very honoured. Yeah, yeah, thanks. It's, uh, me, first back, and um, yeah, can't really wait to do it. more. And you'll have to come in the studio and yeah, work on some stuff, man. Like, yeah, man, bring it on. We've talked about it for a while. Like yeah, it's yeah. always the way, isn't it? You talk That's about right. it. You've been you're building like, this just, amazing space. Get, so yeah, so let's get into it. Yeah, definitely keen. So thanks for coming on, man. And yeah, appreciate it. Honour. Make sure you go check out um, Shaw Shock. He's legend in the Brizzy scene and the breakbeat scene and you know <laughs> and all that. So um, make sure you go check out his stuff. Make sure you support. And if you, you know, you want to connect and and you know, maybe do some of the yoga stuff and, and mm. get into that, um, definitely you should. So always send a message. Send it. All right. Thanks, guys. Cheers. Thanks, dude. That was awesome. Wow, what a podcast. Thank you, Cam, for coming on the show. MC Shaw Shock, Yogi Cam. Um, so much in there. Um, where do you start? I mean, the goblin story. I that story is just, um, you know, I can't. If that was nowadays, uh, that would be something. I'm sure that would be a bigger deal than it probably was. Uh, and I'm sure that um, that would be something that's viral. We probably would have heard about that over here. Um, but thank you, Cam, for sharing that story, and thank you so much for sharing sharing your amazing story of your recovery. Uh, and rehab journey from alcohol uh, and alcohol addiction, something that, you know, like I said, is very important for people to hear uh, and to, you know, take control and, and really realise when they are sort of maybe in or going down that path uh, and, you know, getting help, uh, recognising it. So um, I'm sure if it is something that uh, maybe you are struggling with, and I haven't asked Cam about this but I'm sure you could reach out and he would be more than happy to at least point you in the right direction or give you some help. I just know that that's the kind of guy he is. Uh, so, you know, even myself, if you are struggling with any of that stuff, I'm always here, uh, always happy to support. And while I may not have the answers for you, I can sort of, you know, either, you know, help you find someone like Cam who can maybe help you go in the right direction uh, or, or I'm happy to try and reach out to people who can help. So please, 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 if this is something that... Uh, you know, affects you, 
please make sure that you go and, uh, you know, you get help or, or you speak to someone about it. Right, guys, if you enjoyed this episode, make sure, please, 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 please go and share the episode. Share it on your Insta stories. Uh, take a screenshot and share it. Tag us in those posts. Get this word out there. We really want to push it this year. We really want to get everyone in Brisbane to know what this podcast is, everyone in Queensland, Australia, and the worldwide. So if you've got some overseas friends who might enjoy this, which being MC Shawshock, he is known around the world, make sure you share it with them uh, and sort of show them this, uh, this amazing um, you know, story of Cam's. We'd really appreciate that. If you want to go and follow Cam on any of his socials, he's got his MC Shawshock stuff, uh, which is pretty easy to find. It's MC and Shawshock is spelled S-H-U-R-E-S-H-O-C-K. So you can easily find him. Uh, you can go to www.mcshawshock.com. There's links to everything there, or you can just find him on all the social platforms under MC Shawshock. Uh, you've also got the Yogi Cam stuff. So if you type in uh, Yogi Cam into you know Facebook, Instagram, you'll be able to find all of the yoga stuff that Cam does. He's got his YouTube, so go check out his YouTube page. And like we said, he does have, uh, you know, he has got actually his program, his online program coming out soon. Uh, so with that one, just make sure you go to the website. All the links are in the description below, uh, and you'll be able to find him quite easily through those links. Make sure you're following me on all platforms at Boy King Koi on everything. I am super easy to find. You can just go to the website www.abeerwith.com. Uh, there's links to everything there, everything to do with the podcast. Uh, there's also links to all my Boy King Koi stuff that I do, my personal accounts uh, and my DJ accounts. So make sure you go and check that stuff out. Support, share it around, uh, and really sort of let's, like I said, let's make this year the year where we really uh, push this thing. All right, guys, we are set for an amazing year of podcasts. There are so many great guests I have on my list. The list is so long. It's ever-growing, and, you know, we're going to keep pushing uh, to get bigger and better guests and continue to improve this thing. Um, you know, we have announced the VR podcast. They have been pushed back a little bit due to the studio taking a bit longer, but, um, you know, we want to make sure we get this thing right. So no rush on those things, but we're going to really push uh, to have them out soon. Some amazing guests lined up for that one. Lowdown is locked in, uh, and we're going to be talking to a heap of other amazing guests as well. So make sure you stay tuned for that one uh, in the near future. All right, guys, that's it for this one. I hope you're having a great day or night wherever you are, and I'll see you guys soon for the next episode.